0: Welcome to our brand new show. It's not that complicated, so listen close. We'll go through IMDb, reviewing all of Tom Hanks' movies. Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank. Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank. Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank. Hanks Bank. Hank's Bank.
1: Hank's Bank. Ladies and gentlemen, we here at Hanks Bank have lived many lives. In 1806, we lived in small-town America and realised, to our surprise, that cocaine was bad after a deadly incident involving cocaine gum, prescribed to us by our doctors, of course, and taken by a a dear beloved friend. We campaigned for the rest of our lives, fighting against cocaine. In 1923, we learned that heart attacks were bad when Warren G. Harding, the 29th President of the United States, had a heart attack. I was fond of Warren at the time, though Jamie always styled himself as a Cool Ridge man, dubbing himself as part of the Cool Ridge crew. In 1980, we learned that cocaine was actually good, investing heavily in Apple and Enron, and probably died of a heart attack simultaneously. In 2018, we are abducted by aliens who threaten to destroy our planet unless we find proof that humanity deserves to exist. As such, we start a podcast about Thomas Jeffrey Hanks, a man possessed by the ghost of President Warren G. Harding. By 2018, it is widely known that cocaine and heart attacks are bad, so we stay away from both. In 2077, aliens have destroyed all of human civilization and the dregs that have reformed in the Electric City named Naturally because it sounds baller. Jamie and I still review movies using a convoluted format. In 3,828, Jam Jam and Alloy, Lead Man, (laughs) Tribums, one worship Alenska, others worship Podcast Bouncy Boys, Warren G. Harding, Devil Man, Whisper in Jam Jam's ear. For context, we are currently in that fourth timeline, 2018.
0: What? We're not even... There's so much to unpack there. Firstly, we're not in 2018. (laughs) We're in 2020. (laughs) Secondly, I really enjoy that you went to the effort of writing that, but did not go to the effort of checking what the years of the actual six timelines from the film we're reviewing are. So kind of just guess at them and are sometimes quite close and sometimes wildly off. Jamie, 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 you fool. There's a specific reason
1: for each, okay? First of all, 1806, I believe, is... Pretty close to the, the original, t- the first timeline in the
0: film. Uh, it is eighteen forty nine, as I say, like <laughs> not like. Wow, I, I, really,
1: I really did not check that one. Nineteen twenty three is the year that uh Harding dies so there's a specific reason for that one. Okay, yeah, 19- I get that. One. I, also, that. I can't. I couldn't remember people took cocaine in the nineteen seventies, but I knew they took it in the nineteen eighties. So the joke for <laughs> okay. that, they did the nineteen eighties. Two thousand eighteen was the year we started the podcast. Obviously, of course. 2077 is the year cyberpunk happens, so I want to live in that cyberpunk world, baby. And uh, 13, 18, 28, I think the last timeline doesn't have any time. It's kind of Uh, made up time.
0: uh, According to the Wikipedia, which I'm looking at currently, it is actually 2321. I don't know where they've pulled that number from. I Mm, think they've pulled it out of their arse. I believe they say something like, 100 years after the fall. Anyway, Alexander, we haven't even had the bloody... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Beginning of the 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 whole start of the show. We are in the cold open, and we are already substantially discussing this film. I think that says how much we want to get to discussing this film. So oh, yeah. I better hurry on and go. Hello, and welcome to Hank Spank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks's entire IMDb. I am Jamie Loxon and with me, as always, is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al.
1: Darkness surrounds us. All around us are people who want to kill us. And damned if I don't like
0: this coffee. Hello I Al, I, I I don't know what you were going for there. I don't know. Oh, if that's I, was, a I was going for something. Yeah, last week. Oh, last week. Oh, it's about what I was, I was about to fucking talk about. that Anyway, yes, I was going to say that it's been it's been a while since I've seen you because we did not record last week. Um, uh, anyone who has not listened, we didn't. To- we didn't. You did. You've heard my voice uh, quite substantively uh, oh, yeah. last week. Um, for anyone who uh, has not listened to last week's episode, go listen to last week's episode because uh, it's fucking great. Um, I was not able to record due to scheduling conflicts. I was not able to record. So Al took the very famous audio from the Lost episode where we were reviewing um, Elvis has left the building, whatever the fuck it's called, uh, where Al lost his audio but mine was restored. And he took that uh, and he made a whole new episode and made it all about like a, a noir mystery something um i do have one thing to say about that alexander yeah, yeah uh, uh-huh. and and that is uh me- i believe four words uh how fucking dare you make <laughs> the best episode of this podcast and i not be involved it's very rude it's very rude for our best episode to not have any creative input on my end <laughs> <laughs>
1: there was lots of Um, jamie let me tell you what i i sat down and transcribed an hour and a half of your dialogue (laughs) (laughs) so it was it was entirely taken from your it was entirely based around jokes you made previously which i can remember the like the setup or punchline for Uh, and then how could i work it around that So Um, yes, uh,
0: if you have not listened to last week's episode, just because it's clearly the episode that has had the most effort put into it (laughs) of any of our Goddamn shows, we actually, well not we, but one of us actually tried for once, Um, so yeah, do go listen to that episode, but this week we normally, you know, just chat bullshit at the top for a while, but um, we have so much to delve into here, Oh yeah. so yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah screw all of that if you've listened to this show before you can go and uh, you can go and listen to another episode where we talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about for the first 20 minutes because we don't want to talk about the film but I want to talk about this film this week we are reviewing Cloud Atlas yep. uh, it's, it's one that's been coming for a while uh, we mm-hmm. have been discussing it for a while and in fact the only thing that has been said about it so far on this podcast having now watched it is factually inaccurate. We have, for 75 episodes of this podcast, been saying, oh, I'm looking forward to Cloud Atlas, the one where Tom Hanks plays an Asian man. Tom Hanks does not play an Asian man in this film. Dear listeners, I'm sorry I have lied to you for so long. Here's the thing. I think we can both agree that we would love to
1: interview Tom Hanks at some point in life. It it, it would be a goal for both of us. (laughs) At the same time, we both know we've said uh, so many slanderous things about Tom Hanks that maybe it's better (laughs) that he, and more importantly, his lawyers, never listen to this podcast. Yes, Specifically... I feel us saying Tom Hanks did a, uh, did Yellowface. Uh, <laughs> would possibly get us taken off the list. Uh, yes, Tom and, Hanks. And not... We recognise you didn't do that. All right, okay. Yes. You made a good I mean, choice.
0: <laughs> Congratulations on being one of the few actors in this film to not do that heinous act. Um, but that is something we will get into uh, in mm. relatively deep. Uh, I was about to say deep pleasure, not pleasure. That's not even a saying. I'm very confused, Alexander. I want to talk about this film. So anyone who's listened to uh, this podcast before knows that when we get into the film, we uh, do two different things. We do a little bit of historical context. We say a little bit about what was going on in the world when this film came out. And then we do a little bit of film context. We tell you a little bit of the background about the film itself uh this week i hope after our two-week gap alexander you have remembered that it is your turn <laughs> oh, to do yeah, historical maybe. context um sure. uh last time i obviously uh, was reviewing electric city which came out in 2012 and i did a very funny bit where i pretended i was talking about 2012 the film uh so you have all of 2012 to yourself what you. do you have to tell me about it
1: Now, uh, look, Jamie, you had an easy week last week. I have an easy week this week. Because, of course, as we know, uh, as the ancient Aztecs predicted, uh, the world ended in 2012. So Yes, yes. So, unfortunately, there's no history to talk about. From now on, (laughs) I guess I can just make it all up. Uh, Things like, (laughs) I don't know. That year was meant to be the Queen's golden diamond jubilee. Uh, Not sure how that went, you know. Not a monarchist. I I imagine me as, uh, you know, a dickish... 15-year-old kids spent a lot of that year being like, oh, I think you'll find that monarchy is uh, inherently anti-democratic. <laughs> uh, other fun things included, uh, I believe the Princess of Denmark is born. Her name is Athena. I love that uh, this proves that royalty can have really bad taste in naming their children too. Um, it, You know, I, it's an interesting choice. Uh, the 2012 Olympics happen in London. <sighs> Jamie,
0: you uh... love London? I do. I was at London 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 2012 Olympics. I I saw um, beach volleyball. Being performed at performed <laughs> being played. The um, greatest at, of
1: sports but to be watched by an eighteen-year-old, of course. Of
0: um, course. Um, yep, yeah, I watched that. That was at Horse Guards Parade, and I also did go to the Olympic Stadium. I happened to be at the Olympic Stadium, not when we won all of those uh, all of those gold medals on yeah. uh, Super Sunday, but I was there the morning exactly. before that we won it. So I did <laughs> see Jessica Ennis performing in something. That's good. But why do I keep calling these Olympic sports performances? Well, no,
1: oh, no, no. Would say with a lot here's the thing right if it's a direct competitive sport i think it's that's obviously not a performance if it's something like you know you see their performance in something like shot put right because they're not they're not yeah directly you know there's not like a bunch of people throwing a heavy rock at the same time to <laughs> yeah or
0: it's, like you, you or should, like stuff like gymnastics yeah that, gymnastics that can very much be considered more of a performance anyway yeah. it's if we don't need to delve into it it was just a sure. misspeak. <laughs> it's uh, always a fun time. I actually have a couple
1: of fun facts about the 2012 Olympics, because uh, oh, normally I go for depressing stuff, and actually I like—I really like the 2012 Olympics. Uh, if you aren't British, it's important to know that was the last time our country felt uh, anything of unity. <laughs> uh, very specifically, that was the last time. Uh, Jamie, how could you forget, of course, the mascots of Wenlock and Mandeville? Oh, Do
0: yeah. Do you remember these guys? Oh, Jesus. The world's Wasn- worst mascots wasn't it also London 2012 where it was the logo that said everyone said it looked like Lisa Simpson was giving a blowjob to someone isn't that have you not heard this before i'm fairly sure this is no. the London 2012 logo one second london it, it does i'm not gonna lie it
1: kind it, of it does, does. yeah, yeah. It no i'm looking does. at it now
0: yep yeah. no 100% it looks like lisa simpson is is going <laughs> down on someone that's, i knew that's that. Disturbing. that and you know what I mean, that was the funniest lisa thing simpson. ever yeah uh, that was the funniest yeah. thing ever to me as a 16-year-old when they first announced that logo. That's true. Uh,
1: the Mobot uh, occurred during the 2012 Olympics. Uh, obviously, the Mobot famously was uh, started, I believe, on uh, a question of sport. No, no not a question uh, of sport. Uh, a a of Their Own. own. Yes, uh, yes.
0: I, I believe James Corden was like, look, Bolt's got his thing. You've got to come up with one. Let's come up with it here. Uh, And that's what, if you are ever wondering why the mobot looks a little bit shit, it's because it was come up with on a sports comedy panel show. Uh, The official song of the Olympics. Uh, Jamie, can you remember what it was? Oh, you're going to tell me and I'm going to immediately. Oh, Is it like, we can be heroes just for one day? Here's the thing. By the end of the Olympics, yes,
1: that was the song that were played when British Olympians uh, won. So when they got Mm -hmm. gold medal, they would play heroes. Great song. Fantastic song. The song everyone associates with with it. You're wrong, Jamie. It's actually the song Survival by Muse, which, let me (laughs) tell you what, was such a rogue choice that anyone went up to Muse and were like, yo, Muse, uh, make a new song for us. And they were like, sure. And Muse just... Created what is, you know, a good up song, but it's, I, I believe uh, that some lines of it in it are uh, race, life's a race. Um, <laughs> we've already won. Life's a race. Uh, it's a good time. Give it a listen. It's really aggressively weird. I believe it's from The Third Law, which is a good album, so give it a go. Um, the motto was inspire a generation, uh, and apparently they inspired a generation towards Brexit, so thank you, Olympics. <laughs> uh, there's also, yes, uh, yes. Here's now his thing I didn't know about, but is my favourite fun fact, and we'll I'll, uh, stop my section on the Olympics on this. But before the start of the men's 100 meter final, this is the one where Usain Bolt broke the world record for fastest anyone has ever run a you know 100 meters. Uh, a spectator threw a plastic bottle uh, into the lane, intended to hit Usain Bolt, who was three lanes outside in lane uh, seven. So he threw it into Tyson Gay's lane. It was meant to hit Usain Bolt. The race was unaffected and Bolt becomes the second man in history to defend a 100-meter world title. Later on, the spectator, who's a woman called Ashley Gill Webb, was, oh no, sorry, a man called Ashley Gill Webb, was arrested having been struck on the head by a judo bronze medalist, uh, Edith Bosch, uh, who was sitting next to him. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> punched him straight in the head. The Olympic chairman, uh, the, the Olympic, the Sepp Coeber later stated, I'm not suggesting vigilantism, but it was actually poetic justice that they happened to be sitting next to a judo player. And let me tell you what, if there isn't any be- kind of more direct form of karma, <laughs> throwing a bottle to try and interrupt like an Olympic, um, you know, world event and then get punched in the head. It's play; it's great. Uh, my last bit is a little bit on film. Again, this is weirdly positive for me. Uh, 2012 was the first year to have four movies make over a billion dollars. Jamie, can you guess uh. any of these films? I know you find this hard, but let's <laughs> see if you can um
0: okay four movies 2012 uh okay what what marvel movies do i think came out then uh avengers a avengers one yes yes okay i've got one i never get these okay um i don't think that... is it there's not another ma- another marvel movie in there is no there? No, no no okay because yeah i don't think at that time they were releasing more than one year. okay um I think we've passed Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, haven't we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're past that. Um, uh, actually, I think what, that happens
1: the next year, even. Yeah. Is we, it the next the, year? That's two thousand. Uh, part yes, you past Part One. Sorry, Part Two happens the next year. Okay. In um.
0: Oh jeez, I'm really bad at this. Other Disney movies. Uh, what they weren't. Were Disney? There are no. Re- there are no. Uh, there are no other Disney movies in the. No other the Disney movies. Form. What the fuck? Because Disney, Disney,
1: yeah. Disney only in just av- bought uh, The Avengers that year. So they. Yeah. I think they were in the process of buying them before, but that, that was the first Disney Marvel movie In uh, was The Avengers.
0: Yeah. Avatar's like 2009, so it's not that.
1: Yeah. Um, The Star Wars remakes weren't being made yet. I. Here's the thing, right? I reckon you can at least get one of these. And if I tell you, you've got to think back to 2012. Okay. Queen's Diamond Jubilee. It's yep. the Olympics. What movie oh, was um, everyone- Stifle. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Skyfall made uh one so Avengers made one point five billion, uh, Skyfall made one point one billion, um which I believe was the most a James Bond movie had made at that
0: time. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, like I loved Skyfall. I didn't realize it, it made a billion dollars. Yeah,
1: it was the first uh movie to make over a hundred million pounds in uh the UK.
0: I mean that does not surprise me. <laughs> no,
1: like that was the, my dad went to go see that five times. I think I saw that at least twice, maybe three times in cinemas. Um. People freaking. So, love... So you sports.
0: guys alone were the ones that bit that there Yeah, man, you got to you know,
1: support support British <laughs> industries. The other two, uh, interestingly, were by Warner Brothers. Uh, one is The Dark Knight Rises, uh, okay, and yeah. the other, and you'll be even more about this, is The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey made a
0: billion dollars. I mean, that kind of makes sense to me it, because well, it, the first, it's the first one. It's the first one. Like, one, yeah. I bet the I bet the next two didn't. Um, well, I the thing
1: I found interesting about it is like I can't even. I, I think maybe Return of the King made a
0: billion, but I'm not even sure about that. Like, but like Return of like that's such a different time in like cinema. Yeah, movies. Like nothing was that's making it. a billion in in what 2004. Uh, when let Return me tell of the you King about a
1: little film called Titanic. All right, <laughs> okay. that's a film which I think Return of the King was. T- yeah, 2004, 2005. Something like yeah. that. Um, anyway. Anyway, so that is the year. Uh, those are the films that are making money. The Olympics happened. Someone tried to kill Usain Bolt with a water bottle and got punched in the face by the junior player. Uh, the Queen, still alive. She's still alive today. <laughs> she's she's live and kicking. Monarchist, uh, anti-monarchist Al is, uh, Republican Al is, 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 you know, quietly grumbling away about that. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you what. <laughs> wow be... that's a new stance for this podcast al I'll... wishing death upon the queen I... Whoa, whoa, whoa i don't wish death upon the queen she's human being i don't wish death upon anyone i'm i am very i am t- you know known as a pacifist i don't wish death upon anyone it's not my thing however i will say uh, the second the queen dies if i don't get a day off in canada from work i'm gonna be really pissed <laughs> I'm going to see if I can take it as a personal grief day because I'm British. Uh, if my employer is listening to this, uh, I love The Queen. Uh, it's really emotional. Uh, imagine if, I don't know, maple syrup died. You'd be really sad too. Um <laughs> I think i get the day off in Canada. would be fine. Uh, okay, Jamie. So why don't you have some context about this film? Because uh, I really I- want to know how the hell this film got made.
0: <laughs> yes. So I will do that. But... Before I do that, I do hate to bring us back to 10 minutes ago when you started uh, historical Context, but Mm. you said, oh, oh, none of that happened because the world ended in 2012. Very famously, it was the end of 2012 was when the world was due to end. So all of those things still would have happened even if the world had (laughs) ended in 2012, Alexander. (laughs) Jamie, 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 like the
1: protagonists of our film uh, in the furthest timeline, uh, we now in 2020, uh, well, I say 2020, eight years after Ascension, uh, look back on 2012. And I only have, you know, historical records to sift through. I'm very sorry that I couldn't tell if the world ended at the end or beginning of 2012. But unfortunately, those the answer to that, it's lost to time. You know, who knows when exactly Ascension happened? We just know it happened in 2012. Hit me with
0: some facts, Jamie. So uh, you say, how did this uh, film get? Well, before before we before we get into that, of course, we normally do a short plot summary. Uh, that is nigh on impossible for this film, uh, so I will do, I guess, a concept summary for this film. Yeah, good uh, The good concept good. of this film is that there are six different timelines, dating from, as Al referenced at the beginning, around 1849, all the way through to a post-apocalyptic society, and it tells six different. Uh, slightly interwoven stories um, via actual things that connect them and then thematically interwoven stories very strongly uh, with actors playing different roles throughout each timeline. Uh, and sometimes actors playing the same role throughout different timelines. It's all very confusing. But that's the vague concept to Cloud Atlas. Uh, It is based on a book by the same name by uh, David Mitchell, uh, who very famously said before this film came out uh, that he assumed it was... He said, like, it was really... He felt really sad that it could never be made into a film because the structure of a book makes no sense for a film. Uh, In the book... Uh, the structure of it is that he tells the first half of the six stories, mm. uh, one after another. And then on the sixth story, he tells all of that all together, And then he starts going in reverse order. So he starts from the 1849 one, tells a half story, half story, half story, half story, gets to the post-apocalyptic one, tells the whole story and then goes backwards telling the rest of each story um uh, we will get back into why i think that is much better Mm -hmm. than how the film does it the film just interweaves everything uh all the way through over a very long two hours and 50 minutes uh, you said, how did this get made? Uh, it is actually the most expensive independent film of all time with a budget somewhere between $100 and $146 million. Uh, mm-hmm. It is uh, made and directed and written by uh, the Wachowskis, who obviously very famously made uh, Matrix, uh, and Tom, I'm going to s- screw up this name, Tykwer, T-Y-K-W-E-R. He is a German yeah. uh, who made Run, Lola, L- Run, Lola, Run. Uh, And they all uh, wrote and directed it together. Um, How did it get all that money as an independent film? Well, it did get $20 million from the German government uh, for some reason. uh, And then a whole bunch of different money from a bunch of other German companies uh, and just sort of cobbled together a bunch of different uh, budgets, a bunch of different money from various different sources. Uh, They even said that multiple times it actually uh, almost didn't get made because of that, um, because they always felt like they were uh, almost running out of money even though the film cost almost a hundred million dollars. But hey ho. Um, Yeah, it's directed by uh, and made by those people. It's also got music by uh, Tom Tickwa and two people who he has long collaborated with, uh, Johnny Klimek and Reinhold Heil, uh, all Germans. And it has a ridiculous cast. Uh, so our six main characters, there is one main character in each of the six timelines are played by Jim Sturgis, Ben Whishaw, Halle Berry, Jim Broadbent, Duna Bay and Tom Hanks. But alongside those also playing multiple characters throughout all of these timelines are Hugh Grant, Hugo Weaving, uh, Susan Surranded, Keith David, who some people may know from EastEnders, uh, James Darcy, uh, David Gyasi and a few others as well. Uh, so, yeah. This, this film is a monolith of ambition uh, with all these different timelines and actors yeah. and, and characters.
1: We're, we're going to get into it.
0: Yeah, I don't is... think that... There's a few more things uh, I will have that are fun facts. I'll mention about like each specific uh, timeline. The one fun fact I do have that before we get into the film uh, is that uh, Hugh Grant was originally due to only be in five timelines and just said, I want to be in all of them. And so they gave him a sixth character, (laughs) um, which is hilarious. Um, uh, so we're going to explain this uh, timeline
1: by timeline I assume Jimmy yes. will go in chronological order that makes yes. the most sense uh, yeah. and importantly for the listeners uh, if you're you know, worrying about this uh, this will include fun facts uh, in latent timelines such as Hugh Grant being a cannibal uh, yes. everyone except for Tom Hanks being Asian and yes. uh, you know Jim uh, Broadbent, not Jim, Broadbent yeah, Jim Broadbent being um, uh, tortured in a old age institution Yes. Um,
0: um, so, yeah, there's obviously one very, very well-known thing about this, which uh, which apparently was so well-known that I assume Tom Hanks did it as well, uh, yeah. that uh, this is race-bended, I believe, is the term. It's not race-blind. It's not oh, no. race-blind casting. It's race-bended, where various different people play different races. Uh, we will probably, at the very end, get into why, well, obviously, it's a we'll very bad a thing. Yeah. Um, we will probably get into at the end why it doesn't really work for the film anyway. And it's not very good. It's not very successfully mm-hmm. done. Uh, so ignoring all the fact that it's incredibly offensive and never should have been done, uh, we may well therefore make fun of it. Uh, we are not making light of it. Um, no. We are not saying yeah. that it is something that is hilarious, but it is such a mind bogglingly, bad thing and poorly executed and unnecessary thing in this film that yeah. perhaps the only thing we can do uh, is, is make fun of it as we go through this film. At the end, we will go in more detail yeah. about why it's something that this film, these filmmakers should have not done. Yeah. Uh,
1: yes. Uh, I'm with you. I'm going to reserve my analytical judgment for later. but cool. su- su- Suffice to say, this is a great film to talk about. So we will get into talking yes. about... Let's start, so, yes. of course, in 1849. Uh, we begin on a yes. beach... Where Tom Hanks is picking up some human teeth, uh, for I can't remember what reason. But man, does Tom Hanks look creepy in this timeline, ladies and gentlemen? You got yes. Oh boy, do you remember the Lady
0: Killers? Yes, yes, it's very similar to his Lady Killers uh, character. Uh, It's he's playing a doctor.
1: Yeah, this film begins as all good films should, with Tom Hanks collecting human teeth, playing his character from the Lady Killers, collecting uh, you know, being a doctor. And he runs up to uh, Jim Sturgis, I believe, runs up to him on the beach and yes. meets him on the beach and uh, goes like, yo, I'm looking for this guy's house. Can you help me out? Young Jim yes. Sturgis, of course, uh, is a businessman who has been sent by his fiance's father to uh, you know settle on agreements with um, the kind of local plantation owner. They're living on the Cook Islands, I believe, or... Somewhere in the, on basically an island chain in the Pacific, I think it's the uh, the Chatham
0: Islands. Chatham is Islands, where bodies. it is.
1: Uh, and as it turns out, these guys love slaves. Uh, these guys, yes, aggressively love slaves. Uh, by which I mean, of course, they love owning slaves. Not they love being nice to yes, slaves.
0: Yes, yes, they, they, yeah, they are. They, they, they love them. Oh, you know when you just love something so much, oh. you want to just treat it awfully. Um, so yes, they. He witnesses. Um, Uh, Obviously, all the slaves uh, being owned by this plantation owner and also one of them being uh, tortured, being whipped. Now, Um, wait a second, Jamie. All right. So far, we've only had, you know, one
1: and a half stars in this movie. Have we seen a second star come out anywhere? Of course, as
0: we know, I can't remember. The plantation
1: owner is Hugh Grant.
0: Oh, the plantation owner is Hugh Grant. Yes. So, yeah, we're, we'll try to make it clear. So, Jim Sturgess is the the main character of this timeline. There are six sure. main characters all throughout, all of whom are tied by a birthmark. They all have a birthmark on them uh, that's like a shape of a key Comets. or something like that. comment uh, Thank you. A
1: little comment sir.
0: Yes. Oh, no. In Jim Sturgis, you first see it when it's next to a key. Um, But yeah, so Jim Sturgis is our main character here. Uh, Tom Hanks is playing the doctor. Hugh Grant is the plantation owner. uh, And David Gyasi is the uh, slave that we see being tortured. Again, I should reiterate that um, this is not how the film story is told. The film story is told weaving throughout, but it would be practically impossible for us to try and recollect the story that way to you so we're going to tell it in uh-huh. in order timeline by timeline because um, that's the because only of way i can imagine to be, do it. it may be
1: slightly jumbled
0: uh so we're going to yes because it it's very to difficult elements. to remember when yeah. yes
1: we'll hit Gymster, the main points basically exactly. uh you know at the dinner table they have a conversation about you know kind of the the hierarchy of men and what place you know human beings should be in a society and uh, you know, whether women should be respected or, you know, should black people be slaves? The answer is no, people. The answer is no. <laughs> this is a weird film. Real, real, film easy, do-
0: yeah, real easy. Yeah, real easy.
1: Real easy question, the, that the one. Film, the film takes some easy shots by say, you know, by clearly going, these people are bad. They think human beings should be owned as trattel. Uh And you know yes. what? Sure yeah fair enough like
0: Um so yeah uh, Jim Sturgis uh passes out while seeing uh the uh the atrocities that he sees and so he's taken yeah. to the ship and Tom Hanks starts to treat him and he says it's a parasite uh, and that he must take these, uh, like the medicine that Tom Hanks is giving to him. Uh, at the same time, he then comes across that uh, slave that he saw being tortured earlier, um, and the slave basically says, "You've got it. you got to try and help me. You've got to try and help me escape." Um, the slave,
1: uh, importantly, he's a runaway on the ship. Uh, he's trying to flee. As a kid, he had worked in a boat. He says, "Look, I, you know, I used to." I'm used to being on ships, but you just got you can't tell anyone oh, I'm gonna die. He's like, I've gotta, it's my Christian duty. You're a runaway slave. If I was helping you, that'd be bad. You know, they, I'm sure these men won't kill you, but, you know, I have to tell them. And he's like, well, then you might as well kill me now. He takes out a knife and says, look, puts in Jim Sergis' hands and says, look, kill me now. Because that's what you're doing by telling them. Jim Sturgis is like, nah, mate, look, these white guys, they're fine, all right? <laughs> they're going to be gonna super
0: chill. Like, come up got, with me. It's going to be like, so dude, fun.
1: It's really important that we keep some sense of civility. And, you know, to that is not lying to people about being on their boats. That's bad. I know you're escaping slavery, and slavery is <laughs> bad. But you know what's worse? Lying about being on a boat. Come on, my <laughs> dude. Come on. If you die, um, not on me.
0: Yeah, uh, so he so takes he- them up to the crew, and the crew are like, hey- here's a person to brutalize. um, And yeah. uh, he's like, no, 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 don't worry. He can work on the ship and he, he, you know, does something cool with the sails. I can't remember. They're so all getting ready to shoot him. They, and he, they, he does something cool with the yeah. sails.
1: So eff- effectively they go, look, will my, my, my man here, Jim Sturgis, uh, runaway slave guy. uh, He says that you, you're good on a boat. So if you can go up to the main sail, if you can get it down all by yourself, we'll let you work on the boat. We won't say that you're runaway a slave and you'll be free. And he,
0: yeah the uh, uh, captain Great, idea. we've got another one of our stars appearing here Captain's the captain by... is jim broadbent. broadbent um uh in i think he, he he gets off okay i think this is the only abhorrent person he plays in uh in the sequence of all of them uh, i can't remember uh, maybe he doesn't i want to say yes i can't um, quite remember yeah um, but so yeah he they're, they're like oh fine no that's not, not true off. he plays he plays one other bad person uh we'll okay well we'll get we'll get but, to yeah, that yeah,
1: yeah. But basically, after almost killing the runaway slave, they were going to shoot him for sport because they're evil. They respect him because of what you know his abilities and what they can he can do for him, and therefore they let him stay on the boat. Uh, Tom Hanks continues to poison uh,
0: Jim Sturgeon. Yes, uh, Tom mean, Hanks not good. You say continue. We have not mentioned that yet. Oh, right. Um Yes, uh, Tom Hanks is uh, as this doctor, not actually uh, treating him. He is in fact uh, killing him uh, slowly, slowly with lots of poison. Um, Jamie come
1: on what about civility all right we had we used to have a sense of civility and then all of a sudden we're just letting runaway slaves you know work on boats and oh my god Jamie society is going to hell yes um, so um,
0: I think eventually I can't I don't think there's a bit of character development with uh with Jim Sturgis and um uh David Gyasi you know be becoming friends unlikely friends sure. because what I'm white and you're a slave oh that would never happen um it's yeah whatever that develops and then eventually yeah. he realizes that tom hanks is poisoning him um and then david gyasi i believe saves him uh from yeah. tom hanks uh who's trying to kill him because he's trying to steal his stuff yeah. um and then oh, we're, we're nearly basically nearing the end of this plotline. line um yeah. it, he they they go off back to um wherever they, they were making that deal States.
1: Uh, no, 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 they go back to Hugo Weaving, who's playing, yes. oh. um, so uh, gets who's home. playing
0: his father-in-law. Father-in-law,
1: uh, or his future, father-in-law-to-be, I think. I, yes. I, I can't remember which, which one of the two, but he goes back, he'd been working for him, he kind of fears the man. I believe the man is also, like, meant to be a thinker and a bunch of stuff. It's, you know, like I, I think at the beginning when they're talking about, you know, the position, the hierarchy of men in society and blah, 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 blah this is a lot of um, Hugo Weaving's thinking. Hugo Weaving, uh, guys. If you don't know, playing most of the bad guys in this film. Yes. Uh, it turns yes. out he loves slavery. Uh, also, playing his fiance is. Uh...
0: Uh, I think we should not mention that. I think that's the one thing we should not mention because it's kind of the big reveal of the film, sure. and so okay, it makes we'll sense to mention it later when it actually comes up in the okay. film. Sure, that's um, fine. But yeah, but basically, so they're then we like find slavery out who... bad guys. Yes, so we, he, we he, he has. Yes, he has been turned turned around. Uh, has yes. has young Jim Sturgis, and he's going to be a good man now. Yeah. Um, so it turns out now then, he's seen the bad thing. He thinks bad. Thing yes, bad. Um, uh, that that storyline's fine. It's yeah. okay. I don't particularly like that. Like uh, David Gassie's character is like falling into the noble savage stereotype quite strongly. Um, but you know, it's, there's that. There, there, in terms of problematic things about this film. Sure that's it's, that's lower down.
1: lower down i think importantly also it's like so one this this uh part of the plot line was directed by the wachowski sisters um the kind of plot li- we'll, we'll say which each section is directed by a different uh director so we'll just flag I up which one's that. By. yeah so it's uh, basically the outer ones are directed by the wachowskis and the inner ones are directed
0: by um tom 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 tilker t- sure. t- t- something like that yeah, um i will a tom so plotline uh, two, plotline two. We should mention that uh, actually all of our main characters do appear as that in at some point. Um, like the Ben Wishaw appears as one of the um, one of the cabin people, like one of the people working on yeah. the ship. Uh, Halle Berry appears as a native woman. Uh, like all, all, all of them appear in that uh, first one. Not all the actors I, will appear in I, every I, single I will, timeline.
1: I, I will say I don't think that uh, this is not this is not meant criticism. I'm not sure the exact terminology would be. I don't think if they were in the this area they'd be native people.
0: They would um, just be slaves. I, I are, am going are they down as what, being I'm women? I'm going really? off the the character that Halle Berry like that character is named as native woman. Uh fair I, I am I, that is that is not me doing that. Okay. That is no, the no, 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 sure. um okay. fair enough. There's there's another example of that later on, which is arguably just as egregious. Um so yes we move into into our so yes, some of these uh, actor cameos are like Literally cameos. They disappear for, for two seconds. Sure. Uh, our second timeline is 1936 in yeah. Cambridge. We meet the lovely Ben Whishaw. Ben Whishaw. I liked this whole timeline. Oh, this, this is, is, a, the, lov- this is this a lovely is story. This is the best
1: bit. And yeah. again, I think this is really important. And we'll go on to this. The best way to tell this book would be a TV show. This would be the best bit of the TV show. This is the best bit of the film. I love it. It's really good. Because yeah. Ben Whishaw's great. And Ben Whishaw ben does this great. Kind of character and you, very
0: good. And like in a film that is very difficult to connect with yeah. each individual character because it's so constantly jumping around, yeah. you just immediately connect with Ben Whishaw's yeah. character. Um, so-, so he's playing Robert Frobisher, uh, mm-hmm. and we meet him. Uh, he is sleeping with, well, actually we should say, the very first thing we see of him is him writing a letter um, his suicide letter like that's yeah. the very at the very beginning we see him writing a suicide letter at the which is clearly the end of his story and then we cut back to the beginning where he is uh in bed with another man played yeah. by uh oh, which one's that which one's that what's his name um it's uh oh, I think he's a sixsmith who plays Sixsmith Rufus uh, Sixsmith uh I, James Darcy James Darcy there you go. um p- uh, uh playing yeah. uh Rufus Sixsmith um and he jumps out of his window uh, because clearly at uh, this time uh, it is not acceptable to be gay. Uh, and he, the rest of this is him writing letters, narrating, writing letters back to yep. uh, Rufus Sixsmith uh, as he goes off to meet uh, Jim Broadbent playing a classical musician. Uh, he himself, Ben Whishaw, is also In a musician. Edinburgh. In Edinburgh, absolutely. Uh, or not in Edinburgh, if you actually look at the scenes. Most of them are shot in Glasgow, um, yeah. as I was punched I, I, out by my girlfriend. I think, I I think girlfriend. a lot of
1: this film is shot in Glasgow, um, yeah. which we'll get on yes. to. Okay, I, I want confirmation from your girlfriend. But yeah. Yes, uh, yes, she said
0: She said loads of... Like, I think uh, San Francisco we later see Francisco is also mostly Glasgow. Yeah, um, so I was looking
1: at San Francisco and I was like, this looks suspiciously like Glasgow. Yes. Um, so, right, so, uh, yeah, he kind of goes up. Basically, kinda, the gist of it is... Uh, Jim Broadbent was, you know, Britain's foremost, uh, composer, but in his old age, he's not been able to kind of notate anything down anymore. He's not producing. He hasn't produced anything in the last five years. So Ben Whishaw's idea basically is that he's going to go up to Edinburgh, well not Edinburgh, but Edinburgh, uh, <laughs> help him notate down his stuff. And then in the to get kind of renowned for being the guy who helped bring this man back to prominence and in the meantime, work on his own stuff. Um he kind of goes for an interview and at the beginning the interview's not going so well. You know, he can't quite get into the vibe. And you think yes. uh, initially, this guy is a con man, he can't do this, he's overestimated his abilities. Jim Broadbent thinks that too, goes, Cool, I'm I'm leaving. Yeah, no, well,
0: I I found this so it was a very I like this scene, it was very funny where Broadbent is just like, I'm gonna do a tune. Dom dim dom dom di doo ba da ba do, ba da do. and then uh, Ben Weishaupt plays what he played on the piano, and he goes, "That was awful. That wasn't my melody. You ah, uh, <laughs> you must be terrible." <clears throat> uh, and then, as you say, as he's walking away, Ben Weishaupt takes the the. Idea of that melody uh, um, and turns it into something much, much, much better. Uh, and, then, and then he goes, "There you go! That's that's what I sung to you. That's what that was it." um I don't know why I did the <laughs> Wii <wee> music <laughs> noise there.
1: <laughs> oh, I forgot a fun fact: the Wii U was uh, released in 2012. Guys, remember that fun time when the Wii U was out? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: boy! So yes. Um, Ben Whishaw becomes very proud that he essentially starts ghostwriting uh, a lot of uh, the stuff that is then released by this guy to critical acclaim. Sure.
1: Um, And, uh, you know, simultaneously, he starts banging this guy's wife,
0: uh, seemingly... Uh, Who who is played by Halle Berry. uh, What? I did did not know that. Yes. So in this timeline, Halle Berry plays a white Jewish woman um oh that's they, they, yeah, yeah they 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 tuck they i'm fairly sure they chuck a prosthetic nose on her uh and, oh, and, and that's they want and yeah yeah it's not we'll great into, uh, i didn't realize that here's my, yes, here's my i mean i'll we'll, we'll I get, to, to be we'll get onto this
1: more we'll get onto yeah. this i think it, it is different than what happens in other scenes absolutely it is different
0: what i will say is it just i mean you clearly didn't yeah. notice it so for you it wasn't an issue for me it just didn't look very good it didn't no. look very convincing to me as soon as i recognized it was halle berry i thought oh it just looks weird um yeah. yeah anyway uh so yeah he starts banging uh halle berry um uh and what happens next i've forgotten this one isn't hugely complicated he just continues. Um, so, he, he, so like, he, he brings
1: life back into the house uh she bangs him he's like great uh, in the meantime, he starts, you know, he's inspired by this. You know, sure, he's giving his creative energy to Jim Broadbent. But, you know, they're, working, they're collaborating on his stuff. And in the meantime, he's been composing the Cloud Atlas Sextet. Um, yes. Uh, great name. Sextet, great word. Got to love it. Everyone should use the word <laughs> Sextet more. Just start making more Sextet, guys. Great word. Uh, anyway, so we're doing that in the meantime. And one night, Jim Broadbent comes to him and goes, look, I've got a great idea for music, great idea for music. Come downstairs. We're going to compose it together. Comes downstairs and he's like, I've forgotten it. I don't know what it is. Ah. Oh. And to which he says, to which, um, uh, basically, Ben Walshaw goes, cool, let me just play what I've been playing. He plays this piece of music. And Jim Broadbent's like, ah, yes, perfect. This is this is the thing I was dreaming of. And he says, oh, well, I've been, you know, you probably got it from me. I've been doing it for the last six weeks. It's it's the thing I love. And it, Jim Broadbent's like, well, we're composing it together. It's, you know, I've had it in this dream. It's almost like we've, we've connected in previous lives. It's really weird. But... It, 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 we can't really say the Canada Essex set is yours or mine. Really, it's ours. At this point, Ben Wishaw, thinking this guy's making a move on him, or you know, thinking it's a kind of tender moment, goes to kiss him, and uh, Jim Broadbent shows the true colours and is like, "My man, he just laughs in I his face. Do not like gay people. I know you're gay. Uh, I'm going to say some really nasty homophobic stuff towards you. Uh, you're going to give this to me. It's mine." Uh, and or i'm going to ruin you i'm going to tell all of society that you're basically uh you're, you know i'm going to tell all of society that you're gay uh, and you'll be ruined i'm sure this could have happened i, I you know I, i'm not i'm not trying to downplay homophobia this time at all conversely i also reckon there were secretly a decent amount of gay people in 1930s uh, you know music like british music society so it's it's a shame that this you know there's a great bit in um, uh, oh Christ, what's it called? Uh, the Normal Hearts, where Ned talks has like a speech about um, like gay history and how like there is this gay history out there we just don't claim it. And this is one of those bits where you're like, ah, oh, this sucks. Like this guy's a dick. He's you know bugger off. I don't like you. Yeah, well, that's the wrong. Um, system, but but jog on.
0: Yeah. Um, um, also, it, it we should note that uh, throughout this because it's the one connection between sure. the previous timeline and this one is Ben Whishaw is reading the diary Story. of yeah. of Jim Sturgis in the previous timeline. Yeah. There's sort of this one, one connection between each timeline, sure. basically, and that's this one. And
1: importantly, uh, the book is half-finished. Uh, it, yes. it, it got ripped out of the seams, so he's only got half-finished. I'm sure that makes a lot more sense if, for instance, you were reading it in a book, book. where you can only <laughs> read the first half of that story. So you two have only read half the story. That doesn't really work yeah. in the film because you've seen maybe a quarter, not even a quarter, an eighth of the story so far, and you'll see the other uh, yes. you know, seven eight um, later. So, uh, yes, he, so,
0: he basically flees and in, in, goes into hiding um, sure, in Edinburgh to finish, Edinburgh, the, uh, to finish the, um, the the Cloud Out the Sextet. sextet um in hiding he meets tom hanks uh, tom hanks plays the hotel manager uh in the hotel that he hides in uh and it's nice to him he's like hey i heard that people were, were coming through here looking for you and well i've, I've kept I've, I've kept the whole third floor free but that's gonna cost some fucking money my guy uh and basically bright blackmails uh, ben wishaw um mm. for a little bit more money um Throughout this, he's still writing letters back to uh, young That's Rufus good. Sixsmith. Uh, it yeah. will make sense why I keep calling him young Rufus Sixsmith in about a four second. minutes' time when we go on to the sure. next uh, timeline. Um, he finishes it and he basically realizes, like he's he's completed his works. It's it's a it's a little bit unclear mm-hmm. why why he makes the decision to do what he does uh, next. I I
1: I believe it is because, I, th- I th- oh, Christ. as far as I can remember from the film, I think they're thinking basically is that if he completes it sends it out and kills himself there'll be no way you know broadbent won't be able to either a claim it's his or b out him for being gay right but the work will be out there it will hopefully be done and his thing will be complete he doesn't have to live in shame
0: yes um, if 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 that and also if that idea of the 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 thing that he gets very angry about about the journal is that like the life is half finished he feels here like here is my life is finished i've completed yeah. my my magnum uh, opus and then we are getting very very sad oh yep.
1: man has been trying very hard to get back up to get him he goes up to edinburgh he tries to find the guys looking around uh ben Wishel decides to spend his last day up on the water scott monument which is a choice looking out over Edinburgh it's beautiful Rufus Sixsmith goes up the Walter Scott monument he looks around he doesn't see Ben Whishall Ben Whishall does see Rufus Sixsmith.
0: yes um, um, he's and, and we are hearing we are, yeah we are hearing him narrate his final letter which he is writing to Rufus sure. Sixsmith, in which he says it was just so fantastic to to see you there Jesus Christ oh, could you imagine man. reading that letter as as yeah it's so tragic and then he gets back to his hotel uh and then he shoots himself rufus six smith is coming up the stairs when like even like and and like in a film which or or in in films in general where like you you feel you can sometimes feel like this sort of thing and you feel like oh maybe he's gonna get there you really feel like oh no no it's fine rufus is gonna get there he's gonna stop it and then halfway up the stairs you hear the gunshot even even
1: though you know even though you see him at the beginning
0: you yeah, you don't the... see him
1: pull the trigger, but
0: you see him go you don't to the bar. See him pull the the trigger. His head. Yes, you see him you go see him to the bar. So you think, on. oh, maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe this is going to have a happy ending, and it just doesn't. And and uh, yeah, and, Ooh, then, Ruf- and then Rufus. Yeah, Rufus uh, Sixsmith holds him in his arms. Yeah. Um, uh, so the next t- storyline to... is 1973 San Francisco, and the reason I've been referring to him as young Rufus Sixsmith is now James Darcy is playing old Rufus Sixsmith. Yeah. If that's confusing to you. That is because there are, it's the only time where a character plays a. Where an actor plays the same character in a separate timeline. Whereas in all other ones, you have actors playing different characters in each timeline. Mm -hmm. This is the only time where an actor plays the same character in a different timeline timeline and they have aged him up want to be even more confused in a later one Jim Broadbent is obviously already old and then there is a young version of his character played by a different actor because of course they can't make young Jim Broadbent they can't make Jim Broadbent be young yeah, they've already spent it's $100 just, million
1: on this. They can't go full uh, The Irishman on it in yes. Broadband. Yeah, so uh, I would yeah, love to it, see them try.
0: So, yeah, this is the um, only time where we have our character appear in two different timelines, which is just a bad decision. It doesn't make well, sense.
1: Well, here's, here's my thing. I liked it because I didn't realise it at first. I thought, oh, this is played... I didn't quite at the beginning realise he was playing the same character. I yes. think that's the only way you could argue it kind of works is like you sort of discover that as the film goes on because because, because there's so much double casting triple casting and quadruple casting and yes. when you find out about it you're like oh this continues the best plotline of the
0: film and therefore i quite like it yes um, that's fair enough um so basically well, yeah, you no no my, my f- I, in fact my issue isn't with yeah like him playing the older version of himself that's fine with me i think that's fine it's yeah. in the context of every other actor never you know, playing the same the character thing. twice that makes it I, confusing I, like, uh, the lead um, character in this one is Halle Berry, uh, playing uh, journalist Luisa Ray. Um, and th- yeah, as we say, this is set in San Francisco in the 70s,
1: sort of 1970s. She's working for kind of an alt magazine. Her dad was a world famous renowned reporter uh, who did a lot of reporting on Vietnam, I believe, uh, who seems to have passed away uh, sometime recently. She's at a she's kind of doing an interview piece on a, um, in a rock star or something. And as she leaves, she runs into Robert Sixsmith. Uh, they kind of get stuck in the same elevator together. It locks down. They have a deep conversation where Robert Sixsmith finds out who this woman Rufus. is, who her dad was. Rufus, sorry, um, I don't know why I said Rupert. Uh, <laughs> and he says, "What
0: you didn't? You, do you for said us? Robert. What is going oh, on in your brain?" Alexander? I don't know. I would say six We've from gone from, from Robert one. to Rufus, to Rufus to Rupert. Anyway,
1: anyway, um, basically, uh, Sixsmith he finds out who she is and says what would you what extents would you go to to protect a source uh and she says i do anything he's like even if that meant physical harm and she says sure but ooh, because we need to attention the elevator uh goes back online at this point they go downstairs he doesn't give away what secret he was maybe going to disclose but she gives him a, a card and says look if you have anything phone me they had a really nice conversation there uh, also at this point importantly uh sees that she has the same comet as ben wishaw did uh which is kind of sad um, she, they send the night. then uh, six phones are up and says look I've got something I need to tell you I'm going to give you uh, I need to give you this file it's really important come to my hotel room uh, Halle Berry goes cool I haven't got anything better to do in my life so sure why not let's go she goes over to his hotel room and at the hotel uh, finds him dead he's been shot by an assassin
0: played control, by
1: played by
0: hugo weaving of course the only bad remember it, yeah it's the same man oh who then ends he's blonde
1: up... i forget because he's blonde but yes 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 you're
0: right. yes uh, played by hugo weaving in this um because he's the bad man in uh, in every single uh, one of these timelines yeah. um hugo weaving
1: is never redeemed um no <laughs> uh yeah so he he assassinates uh six uh and steals an important file that he was going to share with uh I'm going to share with Halle Berry. Halle Berry yeah. comes up, finds the guy dead, calls the hotel concierge, which is, of course, the, the correct thing to do. Right, you find a dead body in a hotel room. First thing you do is call the concierge and tell them to go get the police because that way you protect yourself rather than what I would have assumed, which is you made yourself the like prime suspect of the case. <laughs>
0: um, yes. Uh, it is also at this time, though, that uh, underneath his dead body... Uh, she finds Ben Wishaw's letters from the previous timeline. So she reads yeah. some of his letters oh, as Ben oh, Wishaw was reading some oh. of the books, uh, uh, sure. the, some of the story that uh, Jim Studd just wrote in the first timeline. Sure. Thus, she we have also, our connection.
1: That's true. Uh, she also goes to a, uh, in, in a nice little piece, goes to a record shop uh, where she has reserved a copy of the Clara Alice Atlas extet where she runs into a hippie Ben Wishel. Yes. uh, And they both, they listen to the sex set together and it's quite a nice little moment and I like it. Um, At this point, she starts going in more heavily on investigating the nuclear power plant. We've seen uh, a little clip of the boss played by, of course, Hugh Grant uh, doing his kind of best 70s sexist on the screen saying, look, America is addicted to oil. Oil is bad. Oil and gas bad. You know what's the future? It's not wind turbines. It's nuclear power, baby. Uh, They then... (laughs) she then goes to meet him uh w- while meeting him he's just really sexist saying look if all reporters were as hot as you maybe i could get behind this woman's lib and you're like okay sure great people are sexist good good to know good to know um and uh, at this point she then breaks into uh hasn't she met tom hanks at this point no no, no. she first breaks into uh six office to try and go through his stuff uh to see if she can find anything
0: at which point she meets tom hanks Tom Hanks escorts her back uh, out to... Yes, he's a nuclear scientist. scientist. Yeah, he's a nuclear scientist. So um, I, I don't want to get oh, too far away line. from the previous plot. Yeah, this plot line's n- f- not great. Um, it, it, I don't get too,
1: it starts off strong and then it goes insane. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't want to move too far away, as this is a Tom Hanks-based podcast, um, <laughs> if you forgot that, um, too far away from the previous uh, timeline to remind you that Tom Hanks does a Scottish accent in that previous timeline, and it is horrible it is oh, yeah so bad um, tom,
1: tom hanks is not a transformative actor he just one no, incredibly we're... well and we're oh. going to talk about this more at the end but oh my god does he do that one thing really well and other things less well
0: well uh, let's talk time we'll those... talk about that in the next timeline as well that, yeah. <laughs> that's the worst oh one. that's brilliant anyway no, 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 that's my favorite
1: bit it's amazing um, but it's terrible it's, it's fantastic uh, so anyway at this point he um uh, basically tom hanks and i have this conversation she's like look i need I, I think something's up with the nuclear power plant and tom hanks is like weird i was meant to be going to you know Seoul tomorrow but instead my plane was the latest like fate as they like smoke this marijuana cigarette together i think it's meant to be marijuana i don't know Maybe I, they're a cigarette. I I think i think it's meant to be weed because she's he's like i'm cool i'm cool and how you know you wouldn't say that about cigarettes in the 70s you probably say, <laughs> like, weed, who cares he said he goes look all right, i might have something for you might not we'll see Uh, they kind of go their separate ways. Halle Berry goes downstairs, looks in the trunk of a car and look, the report is there. It's the report she needs. She's like, fantastic. Starts running back across. Um, I would like to
0: do this next bit because yeah. you oh, didn't insane. have you it's... didn't have the experience that i had which was hysterical i was watching this this morning with my mum and my girlfriend uh, and so they're going mm-hmm. off he's getting on a plane yeah. and she's driving away and so uh-huh. we get a shot of the plane and this is my experience my mom goes the plane's gonna blow up and then the plane immediately <laughs> blew up Jeez. and it's... i pissed
1: myself here's, laughing. here's my thing it's even better than that because it, what it is is like one tom hanks is like doing some narration at this point there's a lot of narration in this film, and it's yes. specifically in this scene where he's kind of writing down like a, i think it begins with like hypothesis and then he basically writes i fancy this woman i think we're meant to be and he had a five minute conversation with her and he's like we're soulmates all right this is the only logical conclusion we're soulmates yeah. when i'm back in san francisco we should bang great time <laughs> it pans back to this like suitcase under someone's seat and then the entire plane blows up which yeah. is again hilarious this plot is uh, insane yeah and um, also
0: like, like uh, yeah would, d- 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 when, when we, we get, get to so it so but, we'll, we'll get to it basically it's Hugh Grant that's done this spoilers um it's yeah. Hugh Grant, uh, it's character that done this the fact that he blew up a plane passenger like, plane a passenger like, plane surely there are other ways with less collateral damage to off Tom it's, Hanks look um, we'll get we'll, like, we'll get
1: to this properly then. But basically, also while driving on the the bridge back from the um, nuclear power plant, that kind of main San Francisco, uh, Hugh Ewing, Hugo weaving, Hugo uh, weaving, rams, rams, uh, Halle, Halle Berry off the road, off the bridge uh, into the ocean, at which they lose the report. Um, yes, because you know. it gets
0: yeah obviously in the water. But she escapes out of the car um, because the the windscreen caves in. Um, it's at this point in the story where we meet her son, who has like th- oh, four that's lines. Not her son. That's not Is her it not son? her son? No, is and it? actually
1: we met we met him once before like briefly before, but it's, it's he her about? upstairs neighbour's kid. Uh, um, upstairs neighbour's kid.
0: Okay. Um but this this kid has like yeah. four lines and every yeah. single one of them is like a weird arbed from community level meta commentary and it's yeah. so out of place it's, it's like it's she weird. she comes back she comes weird. back in um yeah. all covered in mortar and whatever and and she's like look i'll explain everything look just look just go about, I'll, I'll get i'll explain everything in the morning and then he just goes uh okay but just by the way that you're saying everything that a guy in a mystery film says before they get killed and i'm like, so what
1: is weird metagometry um, yeah it's odd she goes in and then there's a, a guy hiding in her apartment is it hugo weaving we think no it turns out it's one of her dad's mates
0: played by a guy who is in uh, community uh, yes that's um keith david keith david i believe uh, was keith david also in eastenders i believe so Maybe, maybe, maybe I would. Maybe I missed. Maybe I- no, my mum said he Keith was in. East. My mum said, "Oh, it's that guy of uh, EastEnders." But I uh, don't think it Keith is East. not. I have just checked that it <laughs> yeah. is not. Uh, that David. was my mother mixing Keith David up with another <laughs> uh, another
1: actor. Um, <laughs> so I was like, whoa, Keith David is in EastEnders? That's that's pretty good casting." He, Keith David is one of those guys who's in a lot of films. Uh, yes, although rarely the best. Like he just he works a lot. He's rarely the lead. Um, yeah. He's basically like, "Look, your dad saved me in Vietnam. I th- I think he's meant to be an assassin for the nuclear power plant." But he's like, "Look, I got to protect you. You got to get out." She's like, "No, I got to, you know, prove my source. I got this report." It's he's like, "Oh, for God's sake!" They kind of they work out some clues. They're trying to find a clue which might lead them to the report, but they don't got the report. See, because the report was lost underwater. Sad times. Uh, instead, the wee kid's like, <laughs> he gets a pencil and he kind of scribbles on the envelope in which the letters were in. And he finds an address and the address is, uh, basically leads to, uh, Sixsmith's, uh, either niece or
0: daughter. I think it's It's niece. niece. It's niece specifically. Yes. Um,
1: Um, and, uh, this is again, another great Abed line where he's like, uh, it's sand mystery writing 101. A good clue always leads to another clue. clue. It's like, yeah, it's so, it's
0: so out of place. I'm so like, yeah. Um, yeah. Does anything happen before? Oh, oh! then Hugo Weaving basically chases them down. They get in a car. Oh, yeah!
1: this is even better. He chases them down. They draw him out. They draw him out. They kind of smash into his car. He gets out. They're kind of running around. And then they're like, they're looking (laughs) at Halle Berry and like Keith David looking around going, where is he? And they turn left. (laughs) And he's stealing another car. Which which means when they were going, which means when they were going, where is he the answer was <laughs> directly to your left out in the open like he couldn't have done that stealthy <laughs> he was just hijacking a car 100 meters away from them which is just to
0: hilarious. drive into them um, and even
1: better they're doing this in glasgow san francisco and i love that it's so weird yeah um
0: they then and so yeah they they i think i believe keith God david and that. hugo Weaving kill each yeah. other um they both die uh, and yeah, then you see there's harmony in that you know it, yes it's, it's yeah uh, or, you know that. parallels obviously exactly I uh, love that poetry man um, it just you know it's like poetry it rhymes um, yes I, I would like I would like to just pause uh, at this point to say that we're telling these stories, obviously in chronological order. Imagine now that you are watching them in four-second <laughs> chunks, overlaid with five other stories, <laughs> all of which relatively similar things happen to be happening because of parallels and the universality of human nature. Um, the, <laughs>
1: it's, it's bonkers. It's, um, oh, man. She then yeah, gets like her, to... Yeah. Uh, she then gets to Six Myths' uh, niece, uh, who... I think gives, it's
0: give, meant to... ha, has a copy of the report and gives yeah. it to her, and also, I believe, more letters from Ben Whishaw's character. But I don't think that's yeah. what you were going to say. What are you going to say?
1: No, yeah, I, I think that's what I'm going to say. Like, um, yeah. Uh, I, I, well, actually, no, no. What I was going to say was, and I'm not sure this is meant to be related to the theme of, like, you know, or trying to set up why some of the characters are, like, asian later on yes, but like, so, yes that she is like half she's she is like uh mixed race she's cr- um, yeah korean she's, i think she's um, half, yeah she's korean
0: um yeah i'm i yeah i couldn't well i, I don't know whether I think, she was supposed to be mixed maybe race maybe korean into, and white or just korean i'm not sure or,
1: or just because like there are definitely mixed race characters show up in a couple of the plot lines and it yeah in other plot lines it feels like more of a thing like this is what humanity is going towards rather than just like simple racial barriers but again this is the, a problem N- not that that's a problem the casting but like it plays into a philosophical problem of the film which we'll t- talk about like that that plays into something um yes anyway so that's the end of that. oh uh, and then she gives the letters to uh to sickness needs something said this and then gets the report back publishes the report and Hugh Grant gets taken away um for weirdly for the reports rather than for i don't know
0: blowing <laughs> blowing up, up a, up consumer- a plane. let's just get
1: into this very briefly I've watched all of Chernobyl they did some terrible things in Chernobyl but you know what they didn't do in Chernobyl after an actual nuclear disaster in Soviet Russia they didn't blow up a commuter plane that is (laughs) absolutely insane can you imagine if they blew up a commuter plane In Chernobyl, you would have thought that's worse than killing the docks. No, instead Hugh Grant is a madman who in order to protect this report in like 1970s America, assassinates like two people, tries to assassinate a third and then kills at least 150 people, probably 250 people in a plane to kill one, one guy. What yeah, a weird
0: choice! D- did we ever get into like what, like what Hugo Hugh Grant's character is actually doing? Basically, he works for the oil industry and he's trying to sabotage the what? nuclear reactor. Yeah, did you not know that? So, so Hugo Hugo works the for hell? the oil industry and he's trying to sabotage the nuclear reactor so that it goes poorly, so that the oil industry doesn't um, like lose ground to the nuclear but, industry. But
1: he's in charge of the nuclear power. <laughs> what the- yeah, okay. Yeah, All right.
0: it's it's really bad. Okay. That's
1: that, that's even at, dumber. That's, that's yeah.
0: aggressively dumber. Um, um I am mad. at this point, um we are halfway through our timelines and we are hour in. Jeez. So at this point, we are going to take a break because I need to go to the loo.
1: Okay. During this time <laughs> I'm going to do a little bit of uh jazz scatting.
0: Uh, no, I'm just going to I'm just going to put in a little boom 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 boom. Look, here it is now. Hank's Bank. And we are back from our break. I have uh, dispelled liquid from my body and I am ready and raring to go on the second half of Cloud Atlas, which actually isn't the second half of Cloud Atlas. It's actually all the middle of Cloud Atlas and all the way through. So we've done uh, 73 San Francisco and let's get on to London 2012, where we meet the worst character Tom Hanks has ever played. oh
1: man if you think the guy in the lady killers or in the first plot line was annoying let me tell you what have you ever seen tom hanks play an irish writer with a goatee and a shaved head who's also like just a criminal thug but also wrote a and book? also an, i believe
0: an ex-boxer and i don't think he actually yeah. wrote the book i think jim broadbent ghost writes the book Anyway, we're already clearly, clearly very confused by this plotline. But Jim Broadbent plays the main character in uh, in this um, one. Uh, so we've had Jim Sturgis's we've had Ben Marshall, we've had Harry Berry's. Now we've got Jim Broadbent. Um, he is uh, maybe he's not a writer. Maybe he's a publisher. I think maybe he he's publishes. An, he's a publisher. Tom Hanks He's an editor and a publisher. I think. Um, so yeah, um, he. Uh, Tom Hanks is playing uh, an Irish boxer. They are at the. Um, <laughs> just just look up Tom Hanks. Uh, I can give you his character's name it is dermot hoggins google yeah. tom hanks dermot goggins and look at how bonkers tom hanks looks Guys, and then imagine the terrible irish yeah. accent
1: coming out of it's, this it's really important that tom hanks hasn't given a performance this specifically bad uh since mazes and monsters it is oh, it is of parallel performance to that it's so I, bad and i could only and because we know he's a good actor i can really only blame it on the directors like the direct And the director of this weren't the Wachowski sisters, it was Matt, uh, our oh, main Matt from Germany. Uh, uh, and- I don't think
0: it's Tom. You're terrible with names today. Tom Ty- oh, Tyqua, Um Or Tyqua. Um But yes, it, it's bad. It's it's like a combination of the direction and just the casting. Like, Tom Hanks should not be playing this role, simple as that. Um, but they were like, wow, someone's got to be, you know, our main actors have got to be someone in every single fucking timeline, yeah. except when they don't. Um, uh, so yes, uh, yeah. He said the launch for his book and he's not happy that the book hasn't gone well. He sees yeah. a um a, a journalist who apparently uh just really slated it uh who I believe mm. I can't remember who plays uh, plays the journalist I think it's not someone who's a repeating character. But anyway, um he sees one of the journalists and he's like Oh, I'm gonna go. Uh, over that there. might
1: have been that may have been the guy who plays Sixsmith, but I'm not sure. It's not um, that
0: uh, James Darcy apparently plays Nurse James in this uh, in this timeline. I'm looking. There's a very helpful uh, Wikipedia cool. table of all of the actors cool. and all the different characters that, that, they play in different tracks. timelines that I have been using as my reference point for all of this because otherwise sure. it would be impossible. Um, so yeah, he's he uh, the um, journalist, uh, and he's like, "This guy's a dickhead." You know what I'm mm. gonna do? Straight up. Up. Murder him! <laughs> oh boy! Because <laughs> basically,
1: what happens is he goes over and says, "Oh, you in again?" I'm gonna, uh, try Let's just the not. Are you gonna try? You. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, you mate, you traitor. <laughs> it sounds more like a pirate than anything. Oh, you mate, you're, you're ruined my book sales with your. Wherever you are. to which Sixsmith goes, Oh, I'm sure you're, you know, like, uh, I, uh, you know, maybe you could write another book with your witty pen. <laughs> to which Tom says, Alright, well, you know what? I got an idea. Fuck you, man. Picks him up. And just runs, throws him
0: off the roof of this building.
1: And no one you stops get... him, no one reacts. And then he goes to the bar. <laughs> It gets like two fingers of tequila, and does a tequila shot, and licks the salt off his hands. Yeah, um, what the hell?
0: Also, Keely, like we get a weirdly graphic shot of this guy like falling through the air and then thudding against the ground. It's um, so but bad. yes, um, at this point, then Jim Broadbent goes. Oh, this actually turned out to be the best thing ever. Because apparently everyone wanted to buy the book of this murderer who doesn't then get arrested for murdering no, he someone. D- he does. Does he, he does. get arrested? He, he, oh, he goes okay. to
1: jail. So that says something next the next Weirdly, there are headlines showing this guy becomes a folk hero for murdering this critic, which is dark oh, as shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like <laughs> the people, really he's dumb, like a, a man of the people for taking it, it to the, the, the literary elite. Uh,
1: it, it was something like you know uh, tom hanks one critic zero <laughs> i'm like what the hell you he <laughs> murdered a man in cold blood um seemingly uh while he's in prison jim brawbent has been pocketing all of the money from the sales of the book uh and and dermot's uh, <laughs> criminal friends show up to extort money from uh, uh from poor old jim brawbent who spent it all already they go look we need 50 grand he's like i don't have 50 gr- what the hell are you saying i don't have 50 grand and uh, they go get it or we're going to break your kneecaps it is very important to mention one of the actors in this scene is the uh central character in a documentary about Cloud alice or well, not really about Cloud alice but very specifically he was like a, a semi-jobbing actor he was kind of I, I believe the story goes he was on wait who's like, this sorry oh, I, I was what one I of blocked. the act. one of the actors you know when they break into the toilet yes yeah the, the three irish, irish guys. guys yeah yeah one of them is actually scottish and was like a jobbing actor. I know, because he appears parts. later
0: as a Scottish person. Yes. He appears, I think later in this same timeline, he yes. appears as yes. a Scottish bloke. Really, it's
1: really dumb. He, um, uh, yeah, so was working with, you know, doing kind of extra parts, blah, blah, blah. This is his big break. Gets in this and wanted to go to the, uh, wanted to go to the kind of premiere of the film, right? Now they wouldn't give him tickets to the premiere of the film, so he started a campaign to get tickets to like the premiere of Cloud Atlas in LA. And the whole documentary is about them just going around like raising money in Scotland to like get flights to LA, and they get there, and they still don't have tickets, and they're basically just blackmailing the producer at this point, being like, "Well, if you don't want to look bad in this documentary, give this guy a ticket." They only get one ticket in the end, <laughs> and it's really depressing as he meet like the rest of the documentary in there in LA. It's just him meeting with agents, and just just be like, "Yeah, sure, you could I'd be there till he get rolls." And uh, he does not. It's a sad time. Oh, so it's sad. not a, It's it's an interesting documentary if you ever want to watch. How depressing it is to be a bit part actor sometimes. Uh, right. So yeah. Yes. That's, so um. Yeah. They 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 they're, yeah. they're ex-
0: uh, extorting him. Well, not extort. They want the money that that, that sure. they should necessarily be owed because the guy wrote the book and it's now earning loads of money. So um he uh Jim Broadbent calls around loads of different people trying to get money, um but. Uh, eventually has to go to his, his brother, played by Hugh Grant, who plays another ridiculous character, um, who's, like, over-the-top cockney, like, yeah, jowly fact, old man.
1: Despite the fact they explicitly both grew up in Edinburgh, which, look, yes. I kind of, which is, I can accept Jim Broadbent having the accent of Jim Broadbent, because I grew up in Edinburgh and I sound like me. I cannot accept that Hugh Grant <laughs> yeah. grew up well, in God. Edinburgh and somehow sounds like someone from EastEnders on crack. Like,
0: yeah, so he's hell? basically, uh, t- Hugh Grant, oh, I'm not going to fucking help you again, mate. No, I can't Back bail off. you out. Oh, fuck off, off, you dickhead. And he's like, oh, please, I'm I'm going oh. to die. Please help me. And he's like, all right, well, I'll, I'll fucking help you one more time. I've got an idea about how to keep you safe. Um, and then gets him to That's go a into... Impression uh thank you very much um don't you know that i grew up in southeast london um uh and so um yeah he he basically gets tricked into signing himself into an old folks home which he's looking good yeah that's great like this is what probably the more like in in again a like whole thing like this whole thing is about like the universality of human nature and like it's all really serious and then like and and like I think Ellen touched on it. Like loads of these stories are about like freedom and like human freedom and breaking away from things, and then this one is just really light and like super like frothy and weird and comedic. Oh, and it's so like weird. it's like it's like you're not really hitting. You are hitting the same message, but you're not. Um. Oh, so yeah, he. It's he's... also really important. But before he logs
1: himself in, as I say, really important. It's mildly important. Before he logs himself in, he goes to his ex girlfriend's house. Uh, where he sees that she is still living there. I don't know. It's an, her ancestral Edinburgh manse. And um, he tells the story of how he lost his virginity, which was uh, banging this girl in her mum dad's house. Her mum and dad come back for the weekend. He then picks up a cat, uh, holds it over his genitals. The cat then, like, naturally claws his dick, and he then falls out of <laughs> the window into a bush.
0: Yes, but but again, so this is the time where we have a different actor playing a younger version of Jim yeah. Broadbent's character, which is Sorry, just. The... Are you are, are you saying you would prefer <laughs> Jim? Broadbent <laughs> I want to an the Jim Broadbent dick cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so yeah, he's um, he's in this um, uh, like nursing home, uh, yeah. and who is the evil old matronly nurse? But Hugo Weaving um in like there's quite a few actually gender bent uh uh castings in this where men play women and women play men uh this one yeah. the the makeup and the costuming is not great uh and and it looks weird hugo weaving uh playing this old matronly character
1: yeah it. it, it i think this is a thing which we'll talk about in the end specifically i guess we'll get to um because i think it plays into some of the other problems in the later stuff i agree it's weird uh also very importantly she's stealing his keys and he's like why are you stealing my keys and she goes look this can go one of two ways nicely and lastly he goes fuck off matron guilt oh away you pleb and she then just smacks him hard across the face so in the midst of this frothy plot line is the idea and you know, reality that uh, people get abused in care homes uh, yep. and that's bad and weird uh and a sad time so look he, he then goes i gotta break out try to break out, to break yes. out. A bunch i believe of times. i believe
0: the connection is here that he is reading the the book the the like book that uh Halle berry's character writes in the previous one she at the end of her story says this would make a good book clearly writes that book and uh and jim broadbent's character in this is I... reading that book
1: I'm so glad that you watched this uh, this morning because I watched it on Thursday and did not remember that. Uh, yes. So very, I'm glad you watched that. I uh, remember that. Uh, yeah, he does that. Um, he then kind of joins a radical escapist group, <laughs> which if you've seen Community, is basically like Piers' group of like old people who are dicks. Yes. Um, which which I that, like. That, 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 yeah, they good it's frothy, fun. Funny, it's it's It could be its own film, sort of. It wouldn't be a great film, but it could be its own film. Yeah. Um, they then set up a breakout. They steal a car.
0: Yes. Uh, they, they, yeah, they, but it's a fun little sequence. They steal a car. They're about to escape. Then they see one of their other old, uh, old oh, pals. Like, said,
1: you can only say, like, hiya or something like that. Like, yeah. You say and they're like, word. we've got to
0: help him out as well. Um And yeah. And then they get him out um, and uh, they get to a pub. And I would like I would like to explain this scene and then ask what you think of it as a Scottish person. Uh, Um, So uh, in this scene, they reach a Scottish pub um, and there is a football game going on between Scotland and England. Everyone's having a good time. They've had a few drinks. It's fun. Um, Then Hugo Weaving's character uh, arrives with a couple of other people um and are like trying to take uh, jim broadbent away and then this guy who's only ever said hello in a sudden moment of lucidity stands up to the entire pub and goes listen scotland we need your help these two people are english and they're trying to take away jim broadbent who is scottish and that is all that is required to have them all suddenly beat up uh, Hugo Weaving's character, oh. save Jim Broadbent and, and yeah. take him away. So I do have a question for it's, you, uh, yeah. Alexander. How do you feel about the Scottish being characterised as just being the mere presence of an Englishman away from inciting riots?
1: <laughs> Here's what makes this <laughs> worse, right? Hugo Weaving in this is not playing an English woman like she's explicitly playing someone from Morningside. Like she has like a morningside <laughs> accent. She's like, oh the prima is Jean Brody. Like she's doing that kind of thing. She speaks before The old guy stands up to do the speech. So these people clearly know that she's not English. She is playing someone from Edinburgh, the city in which they live. So it is specifically just an old Scottish man pointing at a Scottish woman and going, Look, she's English. Even though they can (laughs) tell that she's not English, it's all it takes. It is weird as shit, man. So yes. I I do not know how I feel about
0: it. Um, um, Amongst the films that is uh, incredibly inappropriate and offensive about many yeah. uh different races it's amazing that they also managed to be offensive about the scots as well yeah, look,
1: jamie <laughs> uh, you know as, as a true white person i you know i didn't realize racism was a problem until it happened to me all right this is what <laughs> radicalized me against this film um uh, yes oh, i mean uh, pff,
0: pff, and
1: then how does John how does, Robin, they yeah, how does this up. end they, though it ends by like he's free. And his, I guess they kill them. Like I guess, I guess that's yes. One they yeah, they do do, yeah they they murder. He moves Hugo in weaving. with his he moves in with his ex girlfriend uh, played co- by Susan Sarandon. Sure. Why not? <laughs> playing a Scottish woman, sure. Um, and writes the screenplay about this movie
0: yes writes the screenplay of of the the story that he's just like his yes. own life story basically um yeah. that is then connected in the next uh story which we're about to get to which is uh <laughs> ne- neo soul uh this is this is where everything gets really dicey so let's try and get through this one um neo soul uh, we'll say the connect while we're at it uh basically the only connect whereas all yeah. the other ones have had like proper connections with like letters and and stories and and like actual connections. This one just has um, two of the characters watching the fictionalized version of Jim Broadbent's um, uh, story with uh, Tom Hanks playing Jim sure. Broadbent's character. I can't remember when that actually comes in, so we probably won't talk about twice. it. But that's that's the but connection it's, and it's it's yeah. a poor connection Con, as compared to everything else which is like has a very strong connection between each one like one character is specifically reading something of the previous and it inspires stuff about their own story yet yeah, this uh, one's just i, I know tenuous. i i I will,
1: I will gently push back again, so <coughs> will, I'll, I'll say when we get to it um cool. basically if you've seen blade runner or blade runner 2049 uh you know this setting it's basically just los angeles in those films everything's dark There are a bunch of replicants uh Do replicants have free will? Well, if you've seen Runner, find out. Like, okay, sure. Uh, They then... Basically, um, the main character whose name I forget in this Uh, plotline...
0: Sonmi451. So, so,
1: uh, Sonmi um, is a, like, convenience robot for a kind of local burger chain type thing. She is one of, you know, ten. Every day they get a stamp on their necks uh, to kind of show... Or every week or whatever to show how long they've lived. Because they are retired. Or they ascend... Uh, after, I think, 12 stars or something like that. Uh, they all want to ascend. It's a good thing. You know, they kind of live a very robotic life. They don't...
0: It, you know, the people who've created them think they don't have any free will. Yes. I, so, so they are... I think the idea is they're not robots. They are clones, I think, specifically. So they are... Okay, sure. They are in some way humanly yeah. sentient, I believe. Yeah. I'm I not mean,
1: really I, sure. I sort of view it in the same way that, like, the replicants from... Blade Runner—they're like biological, but they are—they are controllable by the yes. people who created them. Like it yeah. is what I sort of took away from um, it. Like if you view them as rep, they're called like they aren't called replicants, but they're called something similar to that. And it, it's like almost whole scale just Blade Runner. Um, so yeah, that she's kind of doing this, she's living this life. They—they um, they all look similar. Like she has a friend who looks similar to Song Me, but it isn't Song Me. Who yes. is having sex with someone, uh shit or maybe he's
0: being raped? Uh sorry, someone. Sorry, someone, Alexander. Don't you mean Hugh Grant? You may not have noticed oh, that. That one's no, Hugh
1: Grant. Right, yep. so he's being raped by Hugh Grant.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah um, so that's that's the foot fir- well actually it's not the foot. Fir- <sighs> we should say uh, the framing of this is that um uh, Sonmi is clearly latterly being interviewed uh by, by someone ben called uh, No, not by Ben Mashore, by James Darcy. Um uh, no, James Darcy plays the. James Darcy plays the
1: archivist. My... Oh, I thought James ben, Darcy ben played the. I'm um, again, J- Okay, who does Ben Whishaw play in this one?
0: Ben Whishaw does not appear in this timeline. Actually, uh, this is the only timeline that Ben Whishaw does not oh. appear in. Um, I thought it was Ben Whishaw. Right. But yes, uh, so uh, yeah, so this is where we will sort of again touch on it in the end. But this is where uh, a lot of the white people playing Asian people uh, uh, happens. So the archivist <laughs> is played by James Darcy. Um Hugo Weaving appears in this as well, uh as an Asian man. Uh yeah. and then Halle Berry Jim's... appears in this. Uh Halle Berry appears in this. Uh and then As Jane, an Asian man. Uh yes. And then Jim Sturgis uh is the other main character. So uh Duna Bay playing Sonmi uh, Son Mi is the the main character, as we've said there's six main characters. Uh, but sure. the, the main character alongside uh Duna Bay is Jim Sturgis as Heiju Chang. Uh, and every single one of these uh, have been put prosthetics or makeup on to basically exclusively just change their eyes, uh, yeah. and it's 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 very uncomfortable. Every time yeah. one of them appeared on screen, I was just doing exactly what you're doing right now, just really tensing up. It looks not good. Um, I will I will come back to it again, but like in their attempts, basically to not be like really over the top and really stereotypical they've just changed one heavily stereotyped thing they've they've like made it and and on top of everything else of how wrong it is it looks bad it looks weird it does not work so everything watching this is very uncomfortable because Jim Sturge, especially Jim Sturge's character is on screen a lot and it's really uncomfortable and he's
1: doing some of them aren't some of them aren't doing an accent
0: Yes. Although like, doing
1: like oh very a very, very minor like oh future yeah. soul accents. They yes. st- I think they talk briefly in I think they uh, may briefly talk in Korean for like I be- a, two yes, lines I then Jim- they're like, let's talk in Galactic Standard or something.
0: Yes, Jim Jim Sturgis, I believe, uh, speaks in Korean when he's being arrested later in this as well. Um but yeah, yeah so basically this is a really uncomfortable uh, storyline to 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 watch because yeah. uh, of of all of the um yeah, uh, race the, bending. The, uh, the
1: rebellion, uh, yeah, wants to prove so, that the the kind of cyber, the the replicants can have free will, which yes. is why they kidnapped her. Her mate, basically, her mate was um, uh, working. Her mate showed her a video by with with the Tom Hanks video. Sorry, that's where we first see the Tom Hanks video, where he's doing this thing, which is basically you know I'm mad as hell and I can't take it anymore. Is effectively the line he says. It's it's a line which um jim broadbent actually does say in the, the previous one she's then in the future you know she's shows that she's kind of saying like hey the free will this kind of stuff um i think she's been talking to jim sturgis kind of working for the rebellion and uh at one point you know it's kind of set up that that the replicants are somewhat uh you know they are viewed as as not as, as not human at all that can people grab their ass all the time some dick at the um the the you know burger place they work at grabs a big old thing of mayonnaise and just just pretends to jerk off on her and shucks a load of mayonnaise on her back like he's jerking off on her she's like I'm you know I'm mad as hell and I've had it up to here and <laughs> just like decks the guy on the floor and yep. then gets taken out by the uh, authorities she, they're yes. like you're a deviant
0: and they just kill her so and, um, you know yes Son... so Duna Do- Bay basically tries to escape um alongside Jim Sturgis, they essentially end up running from the law. Um, mm-hmm. Jim Sturgis is the hero in this story. He is constantly saving her. I will come back to why I find that particularly offensive. Um, but let's get through this plot while we can. Um, they basically want they want they they he's part of this rebellion and they yeah. want um uh Sonmi to write... Like to to write something basically to be like yeah. to stir up the to rebellion create, and be like
1: to well to show to show that they can have individual thought right to show yes. that this system which is built in the oppression of like the robots you know slaves that would effectively um, is wrong and kind of mirroring the abolitionist plotline of the first one that they yes. need to you know no one is free until we are all free so if we can if we can show that she has individual thought then we can uh, then we then the rebellion will have hope. Yes, um, uh, a, lot, a
0: lot of these scenes are interwoven with that first uh, one with Jim Sturgis yeah. uh, and, and um, uh, David Ghiassi, um sure. which will become even more abundantly clear why uh, when we get to the end of yeah. this one. Uh, she is basically shown at one point that uh, when they get, um, what, what's the word they use? Uh, exalted Retire. or whatever.
1: Oh yeah ascend like ascended
0: or something like that uh, what actually happens is their head gets t- uh, cut off and then they are used for meat to serve back to uh, these um, these slaves uh, it's it's really grim and disgusting um, yeah. and so I think that's basically what Spurs her on to um, deliver this message she they set up in some building to um, display her we'll message she's it. gonna to to broadcast it she's going to speak out to people while um uh, jim sturgis uh, and all his buddies protect her from down below so she yeah. speaks this out while we see all of them being slaughtered there's, by uh police yeah, or police. whoever there's, military
1: there's a load of like action sequences before this as well they are all entirely yes. forgettable um yes um jim sturgis and her have been falling in love as well
0: which I guess yeah. is the thing,
1: yeah. And she then gets taken in, and that's how we get back to the frame device. She's been taken in and um, uh, and is uh, yeah Deviant is being to...
0: interviewed by the archivist uh, again, played by James Darcy. Um, and they, she's been told to tell her story. Uh, she has some uh, yeah. And so this is when we will do the the big reveal uh, that happens towards the end of this film. Um, the archivist basically asks her, "Oh, so so what do you believe in an afterlife? Like, what do you think is going to happen?" And she goes. Oh, well, I believe that one day I'll open a door and then through there I'll see him again, seeing Jim Sturgis' character. This is then yeah. mirrored with uh, when we, in the first uh, plotline, see Jim Sturgis finally coming home and seeing his mm. wife, who is played by the same actress who plays Sonmi. Uh, so in in this case, being whited up. So uh, we have um, yeah. Duna Bay playing uh, a white woman in Jim Sturgis' uh, plotline and we have Jim Sturgis playing an Asian man uh, in... Uh, the Sonmi plotline. Now, not to... to, Like, of course, the white people dressing up as Asian people is really, really offensive. I I don't care about whether the Asian people dress up as white people, but what makes me angry about this is that this film is so heavy-handed in its message of, like, oh, the cyclical nature of human nature. Do you really think that I am so thick that you could have that scene where she literally says, I could open a door and I would go through it and he would be there being cut with Jim Sturgis walking home and seeing his wife. And I won't get your message unless you have them played by the same actors. Like, do you need Jim Sturgis to play an Asian man in this to make me understand that message that is so ham fisted and heavy handed? Like, no, I'm not that fucking thick. Or, Or conversely, if you are, as they've said they're doing, and I know I'm getting into what I will say at the end of this anyway, but it's just really fucking pisses me off. If they're doing what they're saying they're doing and and the Wachowskis have gone on record saying they're like they they want to talk something that's looking past race, that race isn't important, then just don't have people play other races like just have Mm. have like adam ewing jim studge's character in 1859 be married to an asian woman who give who cares and have like jim studge's character in neo soul be white it like it doesn't matter you don't have to if you want to do that actors playing multiple roles
1: yeah just just rely less on a kind of like a a naturalistic format and you could open yourself up to a possibility that you don't need any of this that like yes exactly that, that there's that you don't need to like Put on the prosthetics. That all this kind of crap is like. Fi- well, I think that was the really egregious thing about the Neo Soul thing was like, you could have literally just had like, Neo Soul is a diverse culture where not everyone is Asian. And yeah, like it, it's that, just like it's, it would have been less problematic. It would be so but, like, unnecessary. It would have been less...
0: It's so yeah. that's what makes it so annoying. Is it so unnecessary? Yeah. You have two options, and and I'll come back to why I also think most of the multicasting is kind of pointless anyway, but it's so unnecessary they did not need to do it you could have so easy yeah. you had two options either just actually race blind cast this and have people yeah. like make play like their own race in a timeline where yeah fine maybe there wouldn't have been asian women marrying white uh white men in 1849 but who gives a shit or well, just don't but, have but the same then, cat like, actors it's not like it's it, it's it's that, also like, within the Roman possibility pretending that, it,
1: pretending that it didn't happen yeah exactly like pretending that like Oh, it be impo- It would be impossible. It's just not true. Like no, yeah, it's within it, the realm of possibility. Po- it was within Should- the realm of possibility that, like, somehow, like you could, you could make it work, and you could very clearly, or at least, just go like, our audience understands that we're not creating a historical document here. We're creating a piece of art, and like, so even just have saying like, you can still have Hugo Weaving as the dad. And you could just have like her have an Asian mother, and you could just go, "Cool, she's a she's mixed race." Yeah, like, like it, it, there's
0: like, there's there's so many easy ways of getting around and not I, having yeah, so, so people. Let's just, like, ugh. let's so, yeah. touch do the but lo- this is going to be the longest
1: podcast. Let's, yes. let's <laughs> do the last plot line, and then we'll then we'll yes. Get so to uh, we'll we'll get to the very end one. of like, the
0: sonmi plot line. Is basically yes, yeah, she tells that story, uh, and then she's murdered. Uh, simple yeah. as that. She finishes telling the story. She's been captured by the. Um, uh by the government, and they want to interview her to find out like how this could possibly happen. She tells the story she's murdered, uh, and then yeah. we get to uh, the the post apocalyptic timeline which um jam, jam. yes uh it, they that yes, so anyone Choo-choo. who's ever seen Rick and Morty true. Anyone who's ever seen Rick and Morty will know that this is parodied in Rick and Morty where in uh, Interdimensional Cable, um, Jerry's character is in Cloud Atlas and he says, you speak da true true." And then when it came up in this film, I was like, (laughs) oh my God, that's an act. Like they weren't exaggerating. What the fuck? Um, So yes, they're in a post-apocalyptic society that's uh, defined as 106 winters after the fall. Uh, And this is where we finally have Tom Hanks playing the main character. He plays uh, Zachary. Um, and yeah, this is the one that in the book is told all as one chunk, uh, but obviously in the film is told all throughout. Um, oh God, how do we explain this one? So look, look, uh, basically,
1: uh, yes. Imagine they've kind of, it's, it's even post, it's post post-apocalyptic, right? Like it's, yeah. they are, they have formed a new society. It's, you know, kind of very tribal. It's, uh, using they, they like speak a pigeon like English. A, like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like a pigeon English, a slightly adjusted version of English where I I, like as much as the true true is really dumb. Like I actually don't really mind the linguistics of it. It's it kind like it. It's not. There's a little bit of issues with it potentially being like mocking tribal people, but as an idea of like a futuristic English that slightly changes. Pigeon English
1: is like a language used like on its own in like certain parts of like uh i believe nigeria uses pigeon in some parts like it's it is just a dialect of english right like it's yeah. a, i say even a dialect it's just a language ba- originally based on english which has grown into its own thing using its own ways and like it exists in societies today which aren't necessarily tribal right so like i think it's it's fine it's just there are bits of it which they have here
0: which I feel very clunky and make yes me, uh, make me um, want to
1: laugh more than they make yes yes absolutely but like like my issue. yeah
0: my issue isn't necessarily with some of the language aspects of this being yeah. offensive they're just dumb uh i do it's, have an issue yeah. with hugh grant uh playing uh yet another uh character and he plays a tribal man uh that is just so, cannibal. so like cannibal so like horrible stereotypes of any any levels of um Think, and like, think, like makeup think and like Captain
1: Cook level, like cannibal, like that's yeah, like, want you like, to like go just, for.
0: just yeah, it's 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 shocking to me that they I, could they could have that level of char- characterisation in 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 this film.
1: It's, it's especially just because the the aesthetic of it really leans back into the aesthetic of the first plot, like, like not not so not the complete aesthetic, but like the tribal tattoos and stuff. Like we see the slaves with some degree of tattoos at the beginning, and like there are un. Comfortable parallels, sort of drawn between the society. You know, at least at least some of the aesthetics they're presenting there, which is, which is uncomfortable. And like, you could have made it different, or you, you could have drawn on like other stuff in a less like we are taking from largely like Africanized cultures for this, especially because most of their world is fairly white, other than Halle Berry, yes. um, who, who um, instead is has none of these characteristics, and it's also um, from a different planet, basically, and and, and it's. <laughs> From, you know, civilised society yes. or whatever. It's, so, it's weird as shit. Um,
0: Yeah, Tom Hanks is part of this um, post-apocalyptic society. Uh, but Halle He's Berry comes herd. along... She, so yes, basically... Uh,
1: He's a goat herd. At the beginning, he sees some of his mates get killed by Hugh Grant just eating the shit out of them yep. as a weird tribal cannibal. Um, he kind of ignores them because, guess what, Hugo Weaving is playing as, you know, demons, literally as a <laughs> yes, character from the Mighty plays, Boosh. Yeah,
0: he, he plays, plays the, the spirit plays of jazz the, the Mighty
1: Boosh, but not in blackface. It's yeah. so weird. Um,
0: uh, yeah, so he's like whispering in his ear every now and then going, oh, don't kill the people, kill the people, don't do that, don't yeah. go over oh, there, the devil wouldn't want she- that. Um, oh, Greg thinks you should kill her.
1: <laughs> oh my god, weaving give me the caramel ward.
0: Do you wanna know the actual character name of this character? Uh, uh, Old Georgie. <laughs> It's old Georgie.
1: <laughs> old Georgie's character from the mighty boosh that might have gotten um, taken out of due to his muse. So oh yeah, my there, god, it's so yes, weird. He's yeah, green, there... he's green. It's so yes, weird.
0: It's very, it's very, very strange and never really explained.
1: Nothing, nothing in any of the else in the film has anything Close nearly to this as level non-literal of weird. as this.
0: Yes. So, um,
1: so he's living on the outskirts of society. People think he might kill himself, but they're like, they blame him for the death of his mates, which admittedly he did nothing to stop it
0: yes um, um Berry there are, shows up, and she comes from like a more technically progressed technologically progressed uh society that is apparently watching over them i think sure. they're called the prescience um basically there's like a he lives of, with yeah, they, yeah. It, it, and they're like yeah they come to like study this this society or whatever I, uh, and live with tom hanks
1: what i think it's meant to be is because it's slightly confusing is i think they're at some point humanity went off world right
0: uh, yes and... later in this we actually find out although they are on what is called uh the big isle of hawaii um yeah. that it later tom hanks like looks at the stars and goes that one's earth so it turns out they're actually not on earth anymore
1: what I again yeah did
0: you miss that yeah they're not on earth that. anymore um, so he's on okay. he's on the big isle of hawaii but he's not on earth Oh, that's um, a really
1: convenient way to not have to you know make anyone look hawaiian sure yeah um like okay great uh yeah Halle Berry's from the same planet what the hell this makes no sense that makes aggressively right sure okay. like they basically I think they've lost communi- they've lost communication with the other planets um there there is a big uh observatory somewhere which Halle Berry wants to get to um and so through a kind of uh, the, a series of uh problems including uh the only person Tom Hanks likes in this society which is his niece I think uh, dying, Halle Berry agrees to help on the condition that Tom Hanks takes her to the observatory.
0: Yes. They don't want to because um, I have, do I have one fun fact about this uh, timeline. Uh, originally, they wanted to film this entire uh, thing, like each timeline at a time. Uh, but God. Halle Berry broke her foot uh, while uh, doing these. I don't know whether it was while doing these climbing sections that we're about to discuss or just happened to break her foot and therefore wasn't able to do those climbing sections. So they but yeah. she was recovering from a broken foot and so could not do those sections. So they were constantly flying back and forth doing other things. Uh, and apparently yeah. Tom Hanks was really kind. She said uh, she Aww. said in an interview that he would just always come and sit with her and, and help her when, and like help her sit back down after Aww. takes and stuff. It's very That's sweet. It. He's a good um, man, that Tom Hanks. So yeah, they, they adventure up to the... From. Oh, we also learn uh, uh, sort of semi-early yeah. on in this storyline uh, that they are worshipping like a goddess called Sonmi. Um, yeah. So you're like, oh, what? How does, how does Sonmi... Obviously, it, in the presentation of this story when you sure. learn that uh sonmi is still like a, a slave robot thing so you it's Relative, relatively yeah. an interesting mystery where you're like oh how does she become so powerful and, and a reverent, reverential figure and yeah. um, did you not catch that
1: <laughs> no i got i got that they also even if you didn't get that they literally have like her. Like a giant
0: statue of a her, giant statue. Like, right? yeah. So yeah. So they, yeah, they reach the top of this uh, mountain yeah. and oh. um, and <laughs> and the devil says, Hugo
1: Weaving's like, mm, you want some of her ass? You want to mix the races? That's bad. I'm Hugo Weaver and I'm making everything really uncomfortable. Races should remain separate. I'm Hugo so, Weaving in your brain. It's and terrible. And
0: now you've got a killer. Go and kill you've her. You've got, you a, got a killer. And then Jesus he tries to kill her, but he like suddenly moves to the side and is like. <laughs> God, it's he so says that the really dumb like like the true true, true comes true. back again, and it's like, "You you keep telling me the true true, but you do not tell me the true." It's it's, it's really so silly. Bad. Um. Uh. Oh, yes. Um, sure. They they access the computer. I can't
1: quite. They see the they see the original version of the recording of from uh Song Lee, um, Yes. Which. Yeah. Sure. And he, you know, Tom Hanks realizes she's not a goddess. She's a um just a normal person she was a replicant who had free will and that's great and that's how that connects those two timelines yes and And,
0: um i believe also uh like she highly Barry basically reveals actually we're not like some big technologically progressed society we're also a falling society that's why we've come here because like we need to we need to get off world, and we need to uh, find someone else. And basically, he goes back, and uh, his his entire village has been burned down. Uh, so Tom Hanks goes up and straight up murders Hugh, uh, Hugh Grant. Um, but but he is not allowed to murder him while he's asleep. So he wakes him up and then slits his throat. Uh, <laughs> oh man. You got, you got Like I cannot
1: imagine if Hugh Grant. Head was a bit like Zuko from the last uh, like the last airbender like he's kind of like hair is shaved but for there's like tuft at the back he's covered in red tattoos and yeah and like just like like makeup yeah, yeah
0: makeup all over uh, yeah Jesus um, Christ right and then and they then and go, then off, that, world they go off world babies. and then it cuts to a really really old Tom Hanks who we've seen right at the very beginning of the film with like a scar on his eye um being like saying and oh, that's the end of that story kids um that's how uh, i tell it and yeah. i didn't see hugo Weaving no more <laughs> yeah i'll um, kill you all
1: <laughs> god
0: yeah and um, basically
1: had a load of babies for Halleberry, they fell in love and they had some mixed race babies that very specifically plays into sort of a theme of the the movie which we'll we'll get to because yes. we're talking about the film now. We've, we've gone so, through all the plots. Yes, It was, yes. Like, it was a three-hour film. Normally, occasionally yeah. we have actually like talked longer than the film itself. There is no way we can actually oh. talk longer than cloud hours because it was a three-hour yeah. film. We so, sat through on so, a so, Thursday so, so, evening. So long.
0: Um. So yeah, let's let's talk <sighs> about this. Let's just get let's get the whole race-bending thing out the way. Like we've already discussed it. It's it's bad. It's not good. It's it on a technical level on an on an execution level it is bad it doesn't look good it makes you uncomfortable to watch it on a moral mm. level it is also of course very bad, bad. they clearly try yeah. to get this this is my thing about it they try to yeah. get away with it because they have all different races playing different races that's why they think they're morally fine but they they know that they can't have a white guy play a slave and like play a black guy in that first one. So they don't do that because they know that that's wrong. They know that that's wrong, but they're absolutely fine with a bunch of white guys playing a bunch of Asian men. And the one thing I want to say is, uh, I can't remember the specific... um, I'll find them. Give me 30 seconds. Yes, the uh, head of the Media Action Network for Asian Americans um, basically came out and 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 disparaged the film and basically was just like, wouldn't it have been great if an Asian man had played Jim Sturgis's character in that role? It's a heroic, yep. action-based role that Asian uh-huh. Americans so regularly don't get to play. Wouldn't it have been amazing if an Asian yep. had got to play that role? Yeah. Simple yep, yep. as that. And so, yep. as I've already said, like, it didn't need to be in there. You could either actually do race-blind casting and have people just be their own race in a time that potentially it's a little bit sure. anachronistic, but I'm smart or, enough to get it. Or, or not have actors play multiple roles because you yeah. know what? You don't need to. This is the and, thing and, that's so bonkers to me.
1: You, you well, this, go, you so, go. This, this plays into two of my things, right? i've read a, a defense of this film and it's a very bad offense and like explicitly the author's like i'm white maybe i don't get yes, it and yes yes i read this white, as he well get it.
0: yes i read where this as he's
1: well. like look my thing is you know it's not it's not like fu manchu the characters you know, the characters aren't intended to be derogatory or like offensive so why is it bad and like this comes down to like three core cool things one it's like access to opportunity right like and this is this is normal this is the big one like People go, Sh- actors are actors. They should be able to play anything. And people can f- rightly say, sure, but white actors get all the roles. And if there are roles, which, in theory, Asian actors should be the only ones who can play. And you're giving, the- and like, especially because they normally get typecast into certain things. You know, and which there's a lot of that here. If you are giving those roles to white actors, that's crap. And, like, it, it-, it is crap. That's-, that's the big one. Like, the second thing is, like, yeah, it is kind of offensive. Like, it's weird having, it is weird having white actors play asian characters be- yes because it feels like because it, it, it's ethically weird because it, because of the access to opportunity thing it feels like a form of like is like hey if you were a, a, a an asian kid who for some reason really wanted to see a hundred million dollar indie movie and you the way you were represented on screen was a white man playing you that would be kind of shit And you think, oh, there aren't any good male Asian actors and that's not true and it's crap and that makes it ethically shit. So not even just like access to opportunity, that then plays into like the efficacy of like having people represent an underrepresented group of people who are not from that group of people is crap, and the third thing is it feels really icky, right? It,
0: yeah, it does feel icky. It like like so it, uh, Andrew Andrew T from the Yours This Racist podcast uh, did a did a big analysis yeah. of like the the technical like not just like how how bad it is morally, but like was it successful? And on all of these Asian ones, he's just like all they've done. Is change the eyes like that? that that's yeah, all it's... they've done, and like in an attempt to try to make it more subtle and not like really over the top, like um, yeah. what's his face in like Breakfast at Tiffany's? Like, of course, it's not that, but in that you've gone, ah, what's what's the one really racially stereotyped physical characteristic that we can do, and and, and it... that and it just it's bad. It, it, it's it's on a yeah. technical level bad. It like like and again, as I've said, do you think? That the only way I'm going to get your message of the universality of human nature is by having fucking Jim Sturgis yeah. play an Asian man. Like, oh my! Like, how it's... thick do you think I am?
1: Here's my thing about this, right? And I think this comes down to um, quite a lot. The uh, I think there, there, there is a def- not a defense. There is an essay I really want to read about this film, and I couldn't find it. One. Wand- but I, I reckon either I reckon it's been written somewhere in someone's like university film studies or maybe even their PhD about the the sure am there is this the, about the Wachowskis as trans filmmakers making films about like the transcendence of the soul right like that, that's really what this is all about is yeah. reincarnation and like your humanity who you are being something that is independent of your body and it is something yeah. that trans can transcend in a lifetime right like the, that the human soul could be across multiple different races of people and that it could live in all these different ways and you're still you and i and from a trans perspective so specifically the stuff like uh how do you go weaving playing a female character or things like that that kind of like that sort of makes sense from there and i think as part of that they want to make this point that like human beings are human beings and the soul is the soul doesn't have a race yeah but the t- the two big issues of that are one it suggests that like your experience as a asian person or your experience as a like w- whatever like that race doesn't actually play into your lived experiences is y- you know somewhat naive like y- yes it, like, it's yeah sh- it's lovely to think that like race like oh we're all part of the same human race and that doesn't like people are all the same but your lived experiences as someone of a certain race does af- does affect you like yes it it's, does it's affect like, the it's way- like a
0: It's like a film that's trying to live outside of the context of the world it's been released in. Like, sure... in an ideal, like it's like people who say, oh, I don't see race. Like, no, that's yeah. not the, like, that's ignoring the current issues we have right now exactly. of yes. Asian Americans not being represented enough. And, and like, it's... still to this day, from Clown Atlas, no, but other I'm... films as well, yeah. to this day, still being whitewashed in films.
1: Oh, yeah. Emma Stone, who's a great actress, playing a, like, half Asian character, is just crap. Like, yeah, in or... um...
0: Or Aloha. fucking uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson, or or In, Tilda Swinton, yeah, like, or there's 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 loads of examples of it. So to to try to use that, like to to try to ignore that, basically is is as you say naive. And it's it's and, so and, and are, I what, are, what I would I'm like what I would like to say oh, is that I yeah. don't think anyone making this film was was like to make anything offensive was really was trying to make anything offensive i think it was just like their their, their intentions were yeah. good they, they like they really thought no we're, we're just presenting something that's that's completely it like yeah. it doesn't notice race it's no. completely also, um beyond like, race and like I, it's just misguided he, here are the two here are my two things about it so one
1: there is a defense of like and this always gets thrown away when things get whitewashed and i think this is crap where people are like uh, oh movies are really expensive and hard to get funded so you need to have big name stars to get the funding for that and I'm like uh, which which is a is a weirdly practical defense I don't agree with it for a lot of things like make a cheaper movie then like sure like figure out a way to make this movie not for 100 million dollars and also for the fact that like by having Tom Hanks in this film it's going to be more expensive anyway because you have to pay Tom Hanks a decent amount of money like Tom yep. Hanks will have a minimum and like 100% sure he will do you know, if he really believes in a project, something like Captain Phillips, actually, he will probably take less money from that than he would from the Da Vinci Code. But at the same time, your movie is going to be more expensive because you are working with a big star. And especially in this film, you're working with so many big stars. I reckon yeah. that added up a, a, for a good amount to the cost of this film. So I, I don't think that's fair. And, it, and it's also like, look, let's be real here. There are so many stars in this film that if you're, if you're telling me that like Jim Sturgis needed to be in this film, rather than like casting like John Chu or like casting a, a capable like asian american actor or just like asian actor in general like in some of the other roles that's kind of crap like that 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 no it's not kind of crap that that is crap like it's yeah. it's a bad defense and it's crappy also, i don't like, like it
0: n- n- no offense to Jim Sturgis i'm sure he's great is Jim Sturgis Sarah. that fucking famous? Like... No, he's not. He's, he's not that famous. Like exactly, no. exactly, right? Like he's, he's not fucking so, driving your film. So like, he's not selling
1: that's, that. That's crap enough already, and it is crap. And like, I'm not a fan of it. So can like, yeah, I it, think we can. Sorry, just, yeah, just the last thing was like I 100% agree with you that if you if they had just had different actors in each timeline, and I don't know, creatively as a filmmaker, found some way to link these. I don't know, maybe through the use of editing, so that we, we could tell the humans, and I think this would enhance their point more, so that we could tell that they had the same soul, even though they didn't have the same body, because they, we didn't have to drive at home by having the same actors play the same characters. I think that would have been much better. I think yeah. that would have gotten the point across more, rather than just have the thing be, oh, they're the same characters, in, in di- sometimes in slightly different bodies, but not in different bodies, because they are literally the same actors, they have the same body.
0: Yes, so, uh, yeah, well, we'll... we'll put the 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 race issue of this to bed it it's bad we don't like it i'm now going to talk about all the other things i don't like about this film and it's exactly on that point the the idea of how i don't think this like it's it's ambitious that that's the one positive word i will say about this film it is hugely ambitious so the idea of having loads of uh, actors play loads of different characters but if the theme of this is the universality of human nature, and I think in the book this will come but cl- will yeah. come through a lot more clearly because it's it's a thing that works better in the book. But the six main characters that we've talked about, those are the ones in the book that are supposed to have the interconnected soul. No one else is supposed to be interconnected in any way in the book. It's just those six ca- uh, six um, characters, and they're connected by that birthmark, which we talk about. So. In the film, none of the characters who are supposed to be connected by the book's narrative are played by the same actor. So they've automatically proven that you can connect, like, different people from yeah. different timelines played by different actors. Like, you just can. And if you're... if Fine, if you want to go for this, like, really idea of, oh, like, every, every single one of these actors appears in some sort of different form in every single one, that becomes... Completely muddled when you just have Jim Broadbent not appear in one of them. And you have Ben Whishaw not appear in one of them. And you have Duna Bay, the only... Well, other than Halle Berry, but if we're talking about Asian-Americans being underrepresented, the only sure. Asian-American one of these main characters only appear in three of them. And the other yeah. two roles she plays are tiny roles. Like... It's just it's it's bullshit to me. You don't need actors playing multiple characters. You do not need Hugh Grant appearing in every goddamn Hugh Grant and Hugo Weaving no, yeah. appearing in every goddamn timeline. Or even actually, why not do that instead? Why not have why not have your six main characters only appear in your main roles and then have yeah. a bunch of other cycling different characters appear and mm-hmm. don't have them play different races? Maybe that would be an idea. But like, it's just all of it is no, so no, but, unnecessary.
1: I... Yeah i 100 percent agree it's unnecessary it's it's i just maintain like i think the film is philosophically wrong like and this not wrong but like <laughs> whoa it's, it's philosoph- <laughs> but like no 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 but i mean like i, th- I think the film is philosophically juvenile like it, it yes it has an idea and i don't think it's a very deep idea like it wants to show that like hey at the beginning of the, in the in timeline one humans live in this society in which like white people and black people are separated and then by the end of the film they live in a society in which like white people and black people could have babies together right like that is the progress in human society the The soul transcends the body these separations these these boundaries which we set up in the the first timeline by the end of the last timeline have changed we are we are closer to a more perfect society because of the blowing of these boundaries which and like I am I'm, I'm not saying like I'm against mixed race people or anything like that too but like, <laughs>
0: I, yes you're just, just saying that it's, make it's, zombie, it's,
1: yes but it's but oh, the whole thing is so like the none of this matter it is so like it doesn't spend time with its own ideas yeah in a way yeah, like because it, it, because they're never articulated because because they are never like and it can work in a book. It can 100% work in a book yes. because you spend so much more time with the book. And because and because in a book, when a character has the same soul but is Asian in, an, you know, in one timeline and is white in another timeline, that's that's not... There's no problem with that because it's a book. You see it in your head. They are playing an Asian character in one and they're not playing an Asian character in the other one. Yeah. like That's just the, inherent to the form. And by having to do literal representation, you suddenly have these really weird things where you have a white man of Hugh Grant's like playing like a like a cannibal like in full like tribal tattoos and all of that's really uncomfortable because you're not like respecting the not respecting but like because you haven't necessarily like embraced the medium enough because yeah. the because the, the representative nature of the medium has not been necessarily examined enough and like the way they've done it it is it is all it becomes philosophically weird and it it doesn't you know the film never really looks at other than that first timeline the film never really looks at racism other than like it mentions the fact that like Jewish people were just like going to be exterminated in Germany Um yeah. by having Halle Berry play a Jewish woman. Um Other than that, like racism for the most part tends to be, f- at, least, at least I don't think it's really in any of the other ones, except for Hugo Weaving being like, Oh, don't have sex with that woman because she's black. Yeah. Um, in the last timeline. And that's all, I don't know. It just, i don't i don't think it has any i agree it's ambitious but it's like if you had it it's like setting out with like you have this idea and you're like and it's, a, it's an ambitious idea you're talking about reincarnation you're talking about like what connects us more than divides us it's the human soul and you set out to write something on it and then the thing you wrote you the essay you wrote on it was like a B minus C plus. Like, <laughs> sure, you had some ideas in there. Nothing was really that unique, and especially in terms of the, like the medium, like it formally wasn't good enough to for yeah. you to start doing any of this stuff. Do a TV show of this book. Like, I'm sure yeah. a TV show be fine. Before, Don't do this film.
0: before we uh, sort of wrap up, final thoughts. I'm just going to hit on a few other things uh, about this film that I, well, a few things that I did like and a few things I disliked. Uh, I think across the board, the acting's pretty good, other than when people are having to tow around playing a different race. Like, I think Jim Broadbent's uh, pretty good in every single one of his roles. I think Ben Whishaw's great in his role. Um sure. ben Tom, uh, Tom Tom Hanks. Is <laughs> Tom Hanks is not good in this film. Tom he's Hanks not. is Tom I mean, Hanks he's is not, not good. good in this film. He's not. He's the good. worst.
1: Like. Even even compared to oh, for God's sake, Jim Sturgis being bloody action hero, you know yellow face guy, like honestly, like depressingly he has a better performance in what he does, I think than Tom Hanks gives him pretty much all his performance yes
0: you you have reminded me of the the thing I wanted to come back to um uh that that made me so even more offended about Jim Sturgis playing um playing the Asian man is so regularly, as I say, these two. Uh, timelines of Jim Sturgis uh, in uh, on the boat in uh, 1849 and Jim Sturgis in Neo Soul are paralleled because of the very clear thematic parallels of like someone abolition. trying to say of like abolition of slavery and and someone trying to save someone from slavery, but in doing that, in both of those situations you have made the white man the hero and in one of them he's the white man and in the other one he's a white man playing an asian man like in both of those situations you've made what the white man the savior in those situations and it's like it's a bad parallel to draw um uh yeah. so yeah whereas
1: actually it'd be a great it'd be a great parallel if you had a, like an actual asian actor in that role yes like, absolutely it would be very much stronger you'd be like oh cool like it's not like you're right like it's, it's just
0: yeah. Cool um like, uh, just... um but yes I think some of the performances are good I think the editing as ham-fisted as yeah. it is is like the the ability to take these six stories and basically tell them concurrently alongside each other and still make it pretty intelligible like it's a little bit confusing at times but it's pretty like you if you're if you're focusing like i've seen reviews of people saying it's a really confusing convoluted film and i don't really agree with those Mm, takes yeah each one of the individual stories is simple enough that if you're focusing you can pay attention to them and that's that's a credit to the editing that like as much as i think as i say it's really ham-fisted in getting trying to get its message across in keeping this as a a a coherent story is pretty impressive and I also mm-hmm. think the music is really good. I think the music yeah. is Oh yeah, that was going to really, say that. The, yeah, That's, the music is phenomenal the, throughout this film.
1: There are two things I'll say. One, I like yeah, for, for me, like, most of it didn't work. I didn't really love the script. I didn't really love the performances that much. I really loved Ben Whishaw's Yes, Ben section. Whishaw's I, so good. Like, Ben Whishaw's really good. and I think Ben Whishaw's section is great. I think, like, it's humanistic. It's about something it's it's the one which maybe the most touches on the like other lives aspect of the story which i quite liked and the fact that like and it, and, and part of it which is the second thing i like is the music like i think the score's really good and i think that central like cloud atlas set, set you hear it and you think wow this could be composing you know this is a this is a really good piece of classic it's a good piece of classical music i like it it does feel ethereal it does feel otherworldly it does connect you know touch on something which does connect People through different ages, and that's like music. Music is this thing which 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 doesn't have a body. It can be played by multiple people. It it is it touches people, and yet you don't know how because it is mystical. All that, all that plot line really does play into the overall thing. You know, it touches on discrimination. It touches on the kind of transcendence of the soul. It, it on the, all that stuff, and then the rest of the film just does. You know, what the first plot line is about abolition, but like it doesn't really give it its black characters like a lot to do like yeah, I, I think I, the actors I, in it are yeah. fine but like they just that like for the most As part I say, they don't get so in do. that one
0: it is it is playing into like the noble savage like the the idea of that is is not really that oh all of these slaves are actually good human people it's more that oh jim sturgis has happened to find the one intelligent like good um one who yeah. can who can get away like it's it's not it like in in a very clearly yeah. trying to be racially progressive storyline the message of it is is really quite reductive oh, yeah it, it
1: is it is centered the experience and like of slavery and I, I'm, like i'm sure the book does this too and i'm sure that's a criticism you can make of the book but, like it centers the experience of slavery on a white character yeah yeah precisely. and it's about his growth rather than the
0: the other man's pursuit of freedom and like that's, yeah. a that, that's, yeah. and, that's a shame. That's 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 crap. And and the fact that then the the to, to precisely say it, it focuses on the white person because then Jim Sturgis appears as every other timeline. David Giaasi, I believe, appears in a photo uh, as as Halle Berry's dad uh yep. in in the 1970s uh timeline and i oh, believe right. he sure. comes back in the final timeline according to the table i'm looking at i don't remember when but yeah precisely there you go they've focused more on the white man because he's the one that's yeah. more important through the rest of the story the guy who plays the slave is basically ignored in the rest of the story um yeah. which is just no. it's so it's so disappointing. Um, the final thing, uh, and you sort of touched on it, about the idea of adhering to the form. And it's what I want to touch on and why I think this is so clearly so much better of a, uh, of a book. As you say, you spend so much longer with your characters in a book, but also in the way it's told in the book, where you only read the first half of an entire person's one story. As I say, I think the editing is great to weave it all together and still make it make yeah. sense. But it means I don't connect with anyone in this film because I see them in four second chunks it's the yeah. only like ben Ben Wishaw is the only one who I really connect with, and that speaks to like how poorly like you 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 can connect with all of the other the stories they they're just not yeah. they're not told in an engaging interesting way where you can really delve into plot like character development because somehow yeah. in a three hour film there's very little character development um outside no, I, of uh, yeah. neo soul and 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 son me's character it's i i don't know if the book is about
1: this but i'd almost have preferred it if the film explicitly centered not necessarily around these people those, like real characters but on them as stories to have yeah. and like because like i think there was each one is like its own kind of genre piece. The first one's a period piece, the Yeah. Uh, the second one's kinda of like a how goddamn Pressburger. Um, like uh kind of romance, like, you know, early twentieth century romance rather than like an abolition piece. Um the mid one's a detective fiction, the uh one in two thousand is sort of like a kinda of caper film, the one in above that is, you know, the Matrix or Blade Runner, yeah. and the last one is like a post apocalyptic you know the world is over kind of thing and they're each sort of their own genre thing and that would be really cool if it was i don't know like tied together in the kind of there is a writer somewhere writing this kind of thing but it just just so many of those don't like the detective one is like i i don't i'm not what i'm not saying is like this is a plot hole like it's explained in plot but like the idea of like you know a gas company hating nuclear power so much they would blow up a commercial airline (laughs) yeah is ridiculous yeah that's Like, like, what, so, we're just saying, like, that they become, like, terrorists now? Like, like, sure. And it would, if you at least gave it the framing of, this is a story, it's a piece of detective fiction, then at least you're like, cool, like, you know, I don't have to take it as literal. Oh, you know, it, it's a piece of entertainment rather than like what it is when you can, like, none of these things jibe in tone. Yeah, they are so radically tonally different that it, 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 it feels weird when you go from one to another.
0: And there's the really weird plot point where I believe that that they blame the blowing up of the plane on the PLO on like Palestine. Yeah. It's like one throwaway yeah. line. I'm like, what? why is that in here? Um, as you say, yeah, totally. They all don't work. There's, there's a bunch of jarring things. totally. like I say, the the little kid in that timeline who suddenly has like four meta lines for no reason. Yeah. Just like, I, I just like really taken out. Uh, right. We, we, if we've gone over. This is comfortably our longest podcast. We've gone over the two hour mark. I think that was probably unsurprising that we would be doing this. But let's get yeah. to uh, our ratings. Uh, people have listened to this before know how we do this. We rate the film out of five. We rate Tom Hanks' performance out of five. And then we do the Tom Hanks dick meter. Uh, how much of a dick is Tom Hanks' characters in this film? um and then we decide whether it goes in the hank's bank oh we didn't mention this earlier but that's the collection of movies we're going to show to the aliens to prove our worth to join the united states of space listen to another episode if you want to know what the fuck that means um sure i think i think we've basically we've we've we, we've not basically we have talked to this film to death so let's just do some final let's summation just, thoughts and give it a sure. rank you can go first um, thanks so to uh, obviously kind of we
1: describe. Yeah, this is kind of for its uh, overall what I think the film is out of five. Look, the Wachowski sisters and obviously our mates, uh, Tim or Matt or Tommy, uh, they're not bad directors, right? They've made good films previously. They they are excited by big ideas and they are making films which are ambitious. And sometimes when you make an ambitious thing, you fall flat on your face and, it, it, yeah. and it's going to happen. And I, I, I don't think they are bad artists. I don't think they are bad people inherently. I think they have made a, but a, I think they have made a.
0: It's it's a big a, a misfire. Bad,
1: yeah, and that that and that you can do that, and that like. We've had this before. This problem before, where like something is bad but well made, like the uh something like the Lady Killers is a little bit like that, right? Like it's a Coen Brothers film. It's just a bad Coen Brothers film. Yeah, and this is very similar, except the Lady Killers, which I maybe find more. Impulsive, because I, I I dislike that so much. This I just think is like like a like a, such a waste. Like such yeah. a waste. Yes, absolutely. you know you had you got a load of talent. You got a load of good actors. You know you, you got people who can shoot really beautiful things. And in the end, you just kind of you know it was under. It feels underbaked and it feels not up to the challenge of adapting this book, which I think is you know was a good book by all you yeah, know, but seemingly. So for me, it's, I can't say it's a, it's a two in that for me, it's, it's, it is, it is repulsive in like, it is lazy in it's casting, it's unambitious in how it wants to represent people who are not white. And I think that is a problem. Um, And it has, if you, and if you, you know, don't care about any of that stuff, I guess it has, you know, it's well made, but it's. i I cannot recommend watching cloud atlas but i if you're a normal person and if you were a film student out there who wants to write an essay on something which is a an interesting like trash can on fire you know but it's making some weird colors then sure write an essay on it but i as a piece of entertainment you are not going to enjoy this i think and if you do, you should feel icky about the way it was made. Like, if, if you can see past all its flaws, like, I would really say, like, maybe maybe think about why it upset so many people who were represented in a way that they, they were uncomfortable being represented in. So two... If I could give it a half, I'd normally give it one and a half, but I don't give half, so two. Uh, yeah, right.
0: Yeah, reminder to that one one little running uh, uh nugget of a thing in this show is that Al doesn't give halves for some reason. Um, no, stick by... Yeah,
1: you should, ha- you should stick to your guns, all right? We're here with the five points um,
0: Yeah, so... Uh, th- there has not been a single thing we've watched so far that has made me so distinctly uncomfortable as this. Uh, I, was, I was actively uncomfortable in 90% of the scenes uh, in Neo Soul, in a lot of the scenes uh, in the Big Isle of Hawaii um and and that it was yeah. just, and and even a lot of the scenes in in the pacific islands as well um so i like i i struggle to give it even though i recognize that it, yeah, as you said, te- it. Te- technically well made technically well made and i want to i want to give it credit for that but like i just like i just don't think i i i wouldn't f- like i don't think i can i can't like no i i don't i don't i almost don't want to give it credit for that no, I, it I, be- I, yeah well, it's and, it's like people who uh,
1: here's my there are film schools and there are schools which still say watch birth of a nation as the first thing despite yeah. the fact that it's about the bloody klu klux klan and white supremacy right like why why does this need to be in the canon i think is a is a fair enough question this definitely doesn't need to be in any canon yeah it's not historic like it's fair enough to say like it's a like people write eloquent things about horrible shit and not even that this is horrible but this is a like like i said it's like a a c plus essay it's it's the ideas are poorly thought out and you've ended up kind of well writing about something you probably didn't intend to do and that's something which ends up being repugnant yeah
0: and and i think the 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 biggest thing that annoys me about this is when spoke when art when like Asked about the criticisms about race on this, as I said earlier, the the Wachowskis have said, "No, we are we are making a film that's that's beyond race, that looks that looks past race. That it's it's race. I can't remember the specific word they used, race blind or whatever they used. But when you make that claim, and then your of your six main characters, four are white men, two more characters that appear in every single timeline are two further white men, and." One of the two people of color you have as your main characters appears only in one time timeline substantially, and then appears on screen for about four seconds in two other timelines. So you yeah. you don't get to say that you are making a race blind progressive film that is so dominated by whiteness, ignoring further past yeah. that the horrible um, race bending of of having numerous white men play and Asian, uh, yeah. Asian characters. I- I also so, just
1: think like, oh sorry, you give me yeah, a score. Sorry, apologies.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm gonna give it a one. I just I don't, yeah, like no, I, enough, I, it. It get enough. it it would get a zero outside of that, but it gets a one because I do really like this uh, the score, and sure. I think the editing is good, and I love Ben Wishaw.
1: It yeah, I I only give it two because like I said, like I think it might be of like some weird cultural interest to some like film scholars, and that that like that's about the only yeah like thing i will say it's somewhere. i will also say like i just think it's so cr- you can you can say like it's a film about what connects us more than what divides us it's just like making a film like this which is both it's weird to say you're making a race blind film in a film that is so much about race that yeah. like in which like at least two of your plot lines one of your plot lines directly is about slavery so yeah it's about race and, like, the last plotline literally has demon character be, like, you just want some of that, like, you just want to ha- have sex with this black woman. It's bad. You shouldn't be trying to, like, that's weird. So, like, it is clearly on some level about race. Like, that's a, yeah. th- like, at least on two of the plotlines, yeah, that's what it's about. So, to say, at, but, and having both of those things be centered on the experience of white people is weird. Like, it is is uncomfortable. Like, it is uncomfortable in 2020 watching a film which is about slavery but like and like hey, even just the fact of like look it get it's in the book sure but like having it really sucks that for most of the time as a lot of black actors will say like the roles they get cast in are like the sassy best friend or slaves like that was a a common thing in filmmaking for so long and even in like recent films uh which did it you know talk about slavery well something like um 12 years a slave which I, I think does is a good film and is centered on the black experience like this, do, this does this has none of that like it, no. you're right it, it just centers it on white people or people who are white people playing other characters so often that like you don't get you don't get to say that yeah you don't yeah. get to say it's an, oh it, it we've cut we we're we're being race blind when you are clearly just blind to race like and and then how that affects people and how to think your products you are making is is a both a symptom and also a uh, you know part of the the part of the cause of a problem like that's
0: that's bad right so our dear listeners have managed to survive through about two hours and 10 minutes of us talking about race let's talk about tom hanks um (laughs) which is way more fun in this film because he's, he's not good um oh he's insane he's literally nuts he's he's having the time of his life yeah, he's oh. given the weirdest performance he ever has. Like, I, I think he's 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 actually kind of really fun as as the Doctor in the first in the first one. As you say. It's very similar to to the Lady Killers, but it kind but better, of works. He's, be- he's yeah, better. He's better than Lady. He's better Killers. than the Lady Killers. Um, hearing him do a Scottish accent, it is awful and hilarious. Um, he's he's perfectly fine in the seventies one with Halle Berry as the scientist. He's serviceable yeah. in that him as the Irish boxer is fantastic. It's it's the worst. It's like maybe genuine. I think, I think the whole Irish boxer bit is done within about the first half an hour of the film. Maybe what's the first half an hour of the film just to get to the end of the Irish boxer bit. Because if you're a Tom Hanks fan, it's hands down the most bonkers characters he's ever played. Um, I don't, apparently he does appear in, Oh, Oh yes, of course he plays, he plays uh, the, the, he plays Jim Broadbent's character in the film, in uh, in the Neo Soul one, and then of course he's the main character in the last mm-hmm. one. Which it's just so difficult to analyse his performance in that because of the things the, we've uh, talked about that are like the true true, true, true. is just is just so Wait, silly. It's it's so inherently kind of comical,
1: yeah. That like that unfortunately I can't tell much about his performance because. It is meant to be read as serious, yet it comes across as comedy.
0: Yeah, consistently. So, yeah, with, with Hugo weaving, fucking whispering in his ear. So uh, Ooh, what are you? What, <laughs> what are you? I'm a racist <laughs> demon. <laughs> what are you going to give it? I think I think he very explicitly is like playing the devil. Like even though he's called Old Georgie, I think at one point he does say, "I am the devil." <laughs> like he's explicitly not just a. is the devil. The devil. It, like I couldn't tell if Tomax is crazy in that
1: plot line. I don't know. Yeah, what, it's like, never explained it's, why Hugo weaving just, is
0: talking to him
1: um yeah. and again oh makes sense in a book makes complete sense in a book that's a fair thing you can do in
0: a book it's a yeah, really good thing when in a it's, film, visual- which very when it's visualized it's really tough oh, i'm the devil um,
1: and i'm racist I, I
0: like I, I what did what did i give him in mazes and monsters i've given him zeros before apparently i gave him a zero in cars i gave him a zero in uh elvis has left the building the lost episode no, but those
1: are things where he doesn't those are things where he just doesn't he, yeah he's, he's barely, barely in, in it, it.
0: I gave him 1.5 in Mazes and Monsters, which I think I think is the lowest I've ever given him in something that's not like in in something that's a substantive role. Uh, I also gave him 1.5 in Angels and Demons. I think I have to give him a one. I think I have to give him... It's so bad. It's, like, really bad. Like, it might just be the Irish boxer. No, that's... It's mean. It's just the Irish boxer. The Irish boxer is the only, like, really bad character. I can't... I can't give him a one. I'm going to give... I'm going to match it at a 1.5. Here's my thing, right?
1: Like, I... It is incredibly reminiscent of watching Tom Hanks on,
0: like, SNL. And it's hard
1: to rank his performances because he gives six different performances. And that's weird and like of like, it's hard of to like imagine strongly
0: that. wearing quality very in
1: quality yeah sorry. and like i'll give him a two because it's deeply honestly like if you were to watch this film as okay i think as we've said we have a lot of problems with the film if you were a tom hanks aficionado maybe you should watch tom hanks's weirdest movie ever like it's weirder than mazes and monsters because it's better made like it is better made like it is just so aggressively weird in every possible way that if you were like die hard tom and I, I mean literally like if you have posters of him on your wall this you might ha- take something from this so too but but on, only because it had such variety in his like if he was an snl i would I, I i i would say it's about the same thing like it's not a good i don't think any of these are good but luckily next Cloud Atlas, no, not Cloud Atlas. Captain Phillips. We're yes, going we've on got to Cap- Captain Phillips <laughs> next. Much, much not better. To, not to not to overhype this. Uh, I I like that movie.
0: Um,
1: yeah, cool. Uh, and then
0: the, the 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 Tom Hanks Dick Meter. Um, I've just written a three here. I don't even know why I wrote it. I wrote it down earlier. I I, I, I apparently I'm giving him a three I can't I, it's very difficult I guess one of his characters literally murders someone um, mm. but and mm. uh, no wait no he's actually way more of a dick than this one of his characters literally murders someone um, yeah. one of the other ones poisons uh, like uh, is, is trying to murder someone uh, mm. one of them's mm-hmm. I guess a nuclear scientist that is trying to save save from nuclear disaster so I guess that's fine yeah. and then and then the one he plays in the last one I guess is okay no I'm gonna average that out to a three I think that averages out to a three Okay, uh, I'm gonna give him a 10. <laughs> um, and let me
1: explain why. In the first one, and this is most important, as we all know, I can forgive many things. I can't forgive torture. He tortures that man. He's slowly murdering him. He could have just killed him quickly. He's a doctor. He chose not to do that. Instead, he chooses to slowly poison him over the course of a number of weeks so he can individually steal stuff on him when he's not well enough to get up. This is terrible. Torture's bad. That it By itself, getting into a 6, all right? In the next plotline, he murders the Scottish accent. I don't like that. That adds in an (laughs) extra one on there. Takes him to the second. We then get to the third plotline, which is in the 70s, uh, where he's creepy about having met a girl once. He's a classic nice guy. He's a reply guy. He chatted with this girl one time, becomes obsessed, and then dies. He doesn't get any time to be redeemed from his creepiness. That's another one. Up to eight. We get to the current day where, let's be honest, his accent should be classified as a war crime. His goatee is just abysmal. Uh, I can't in good faith, uh, look, if if I had any Irish friends or any uh, super close Irish friends, I would say, look, I'm very sorry for what Tom Hanks has done to your people. Uh, It's just abysmal on every stretch of the imagination. So, So that brings it up to nine. Uh, we then, of course, get to uh, the brief time where he's playing an actor playing <laughs> Broadbent. Uh, that's net neutral. He doesn't, you know, he's neither good nor bad in that, so he doesn't get anything for that. And we get to the past timeline, the future timeline, where he doesn't save his friend. He has a racist demon follow him about all the time. Dick move, dude. Maybe try and kill the racist <laughs> demon. I don't like it. So that brings you up to a ten. It is the most dickish Tom Hanks has ever been in a film. Um, because he plays so many dickish roles
0: I I don't know how I feel about the flagrant disregard I know we've gone higher than 5 before but just to immediately jump to a 10 I I, I showed my working out I showed my working out if I had to play
1: 6 characters in a film again and every single one bar 1 is a dick then I will eat my socks alright sir
0: uh, okay and I think this is a relatively easy question is this going in your Hank's bank? No,
1: no, <laughs> no.
0: Uh, no. Yeah, no, Clearly no. You should
1: not see this or they would blow us up immediately. <laughs> They'd be like, there are some people in this film who seem to be from one race of people and there are other people who seem to not be from that race but trying to represent that race. That's weird. And we were like, yeah, um, don't look into it, dude. You'll try and kill us. And then they look into it and then they would kill us. Like, <laughs> it would be bad. They'd be like, that's fucked up. Uh, so, did, is it like Asian actors get a lot of roles? No, aliens. No, they don't. So, you, so someone just decided to cast a bunch of white actors in those roles. Yes, yes, they did. Great, fantastic. Uh, yeah, to I'm,
0: do. I mean, yeah. I'm, Most expensive I'm, I'm, I'm movie also, ever. <laughs> I'm also not putting this uh, in my hanks bag. Unsurprisingly. Um, so, when we don't put things in our hanks bank, we obviously have to come up with uh, something else to present to the aliens to satiate them uh, for one more week. Um, what are we going to uh show? What are you, what are you going to present to the aliens this week to uh, keep uh, them from murdering us for one more week?
1: Because I would rather actually give a film with some actual like decent Asian actors in it, uh The Farewell uh, is a movie I really enjoyed. Uh it came out last year. You should really watch it. It stars um Aquafina uh Aquafina uh as a kind of woman who uh goes back home for a cousin's wedding which is being staged because their grandmother has cancer and she doesn't know she have cancer so they want to have one big last farewell for the grandma but they need to kind of stage it uh, it's a really funny film it's a sad film it's it's i don't know a film about family and secrets is based sort of on a true story um it's a wonderful movie it's a really wonderful movie the aliens would like it i like it if you want to support I don't know, decent movies, then hey, don't watch the bloody, like don't watch Cloud Atlas. Like, The Farewell is nothing at all thematically like Cloud Atlas. But it's just a good movie. So, I don't know, support good movies. Yes,
0: yeah, watch The Farewell. I also had the exact same thought uh, to to go for uh, a film that actually has some good representation of Asians. Uh, I want to recommend the entire Ip Man series. Uh, they're a comp- fa- uh, fantastic uh, martial arts uh, series of films, and you, there's like four or maybe five of them, I think. Uh, and you could probably watch all of them in the time it would take you to watch Gladiator <laughs> Atlas. Um, so uh, yeah, watch uh, watch Ip Man. It's a it's a great action uh, series of films. Wait,
1: wait, you're saying you're saying that. That it doesn't just have white actors playing Asian actors that that happens
0: this, this oh is no thing sorry, that sorry I, I, I should have said uh, the entire series is starred by Hugh Grant <laughs> um no oh, so man. yeah oh uh, I do in- just want to say like if, yep.
1: if 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 at any point we have said something which is like dumb I don't think we have but like if we have like that was not our intention I just wanted to throw that out
0: yeah I mean basically yeah, it's, it's I think a tough we're both uncomfortable talk about. yeah
1: like Similar to uh, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, I think it's just, like, it's one of those things that is uncomfortable to talk about. And, like... Um, hopefully we've done it our best
0: so yes yes but as you can have, tell by yeah.
1: the incredibly long runtime of this podcast it, we have to just
0: dissect the whole thing and yes like Jesus, we have we, we have so tried weird. our best next week as you say we are moving on to captain phillips which i don't i mean it will be more enjoyable as uh as a film i don't know if it'll be more fun uh but oh, after that uh, we've got a toy story short we've got a toy story short after that that's gonna be fun toy story of terror hey. let's get back to fun films uh and then hey. we've got saving mr banks which i think is about hey. what there's Disney, isn't it? Which is less fun. Um, oh anyway. no! Come
1: on, it's. A, it's a, I've seen that film. That's a, you'll vaguely like that film. Okay. You, cool. you know, it's. It's a. Uh, it, yeah. Just don't think about the anti-Semitism. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just, just I'll, I'll, I'll just. I'll, I'll try.
0: I'll try really hard not to. There, um, I, I promise
1: you, there is not a scene in Saving Mr. Banks where Tom Hanks is like, now let's talk about the Jews." Okay. That doesn't <laughs> happen in that film. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Well, his, his As it turns out, a movie made by Disney doesn't include.
0: Yeah, so-called yeah, it, 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 it doesn't approach Disney's that. So-called that. So-called. It, it oh, it's, it's weird that. I was really looking forward to, to Disney just delving into their own horrible history.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, go and watch yeah. the
0: Horrible History TV series. That's more fun than anything <laughs> we've watched in the last four fucking weeks. <laughs> From me, Jamie, and my co-host that's one more
1: in the bank. Uh, maybe the aliens should just
0: kill us. <laughs> Hank's Bank.